Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season. It's How He Sees It, episode 85. This year we're tackling, or not this year, but this episode we're tackling the 1985 release of The Goonies. Uh, this was a, uh, uh, a very pivotal movie in my history. Uh, I would say it's one of my favorites overall. Um, so I, I'm, I'm super excited to do this one. Um, it, it, it's one of those things is I, I, before Ragnarok came along, this probably was the movie I watched more than anything else. Wow, yeah, wow. So I, but I mean, Goonies then Ragnarok. Okay. Yeah, I've got I've got like thirty five years though worth of watching it, and I probably put in uh, you know those first couple and probably till the mid nineties. I probably watched this easily a hundred to two hundred times. What format did you have it on VHS or? Uh... I did. <laughs> uh, I had a friend who worked at a video store that. Um, kind of wrote it off as like missing and gave me a copy because it was a really close friend uh when it first came out um i don't remember how they wrote it all like damaged or something like that and just yeah go ahead you know and i was like sweet so yeah <laughs> even before it was on tv like every other saturday or whatever like that i literally i had the vh and i i wore it out it's i think it's the only vhs i've ever got to the point where it wouldn't play anymore because i've played it so many times yeah i i've got a few of those but they were uh maybe pornographic in nature and no, no I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, those only wore out in certain spots. Uh, no, but uh, we chose to do this one. I, I, I know uh, if you listened to our last episode, our uh, Captain America um, Civil War, you thought you might be getting a, a uh, Cap or a Falcon Winter Soldier episode, but um, uh, one of our uh, other hosts is uh, preoccupied with some baseball game or some silly nonsense <laughs> like that. So, uh, we uh, decided to uh, move on. Yeah, and um, you know, and... I, I ended up watching, so I watched all of Falcon and Winter Soldier, so I'm all prepped <laughs> for that. And then when that wasn't going to happen, I was watching another movie, No Sudden Move. I watched that on HBO, which is good. That's got uh, Don Cheadle um, in it from, uh, from you know, Avengers. Yeah, War Machine. Yep. And uh, uh, But then we decided to go with weird science as a flashback <laughs> yeah. and then and then yeah. uh and then we found out uh richard donner the director of goonies passed away just yeah. a couple of days ago so it's on the more, fifth it seemed more fitting to uh put this one in as kind of an homage to or as, as a nod to richard donner who's yeah who's done Pay a lot respects. of movies that that uh that uh are are known through the you know the 70s 80s quite a bit superman but, superman 2 uh-huh. lethal weapons superman 2 um, not only he, he kind of he's got his own uh richard donner cut of superman 2 we had all our talk about the, <laughs> the Zack snyder cut but richard donner because he was you know he didn't do, do you know yeah he got fired from that one right but uh but that he had already shot a big portion so, of it yeah. yeah he he he's definitely ahead of the game you know before the Zack snyder he he was the one that originally did the <laughs> hey the, I, I got my own cut. Yep. So Zack Snyder is just, just, you know, blaming off of his, his success with that. Yeah. He's got some great movies. I mean, like lethal weapon, Scrooge, uh, lady Hawk, the toy, uh, the, mm-hmm. one, those ones. Yeah. The, the toy Pryor. was Richard Pryor maybe hilarious. Yeah. So he, and then he had some other, you know, some TV stuff too, but he's got a lot of big hits. 
Um, another another big name on this was uh, a writer, Christopher Columbus, who uh, he wrote the screenplay um, off of a story by Steven Spielberg. Uh, he's also he also did the first two uh, Harry Potter. Uh, that Christopher Columbus. Yeah, he did Home Alone he, too, didn't he? I think he. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's lots of lots of talent going into this. Yeah. So uh, I mean, this is an old Spielberg looking over the shoulder of Richard Donner and, and Christopher Columbus, like he does. Not just looking this. over the shoulder. He pushed him out of the way a couple times <laughs> and did. and took took the reins. Yeah, I was listening to some stuff and they were talking about that where um, the scene where they're doing all the the water pipes. And they're banging on the water pipes. That's a that's a Spielberg scene. Uh, he directed that one. Oh, you're kidding! No, nope. I thought that I, I thought that one kind of felt out of place. <laughs> that's why it felt out of place. It's because it was Spielberg, and and he came in and did his own thing, and yeah. Uh, but no, I mean it's it's still a great movie, and, and regardless of who did what, it, it all came out really good. Um, before we get too deep into this, uh, like we do always, we uh, we came up with some drinks for this one. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure about you, but this one almost kind of wrote itself for me. It kind of, uh, just from my past with this, it, it really like solidified almost immediately what I was going to do. And, and then it was just a matter of how I was going to do it. Uh, but I want to hear what you have. Oh, okay, sure. I, you were leading into yours. I thought you were going to go first. I know. I was just, I was getting people hyped up, hyped uh, up for you. <laughs> All right, I uh, I took a I took a a a line out of Mouse um, dialogue. Mouse, when, yeah, when he's when he's chatting with the Fratellis and and they're you know I I think Mama says something. What do you guys want? You, you know, four glasses of water. And and yeah. of course he steps in like like he always does and runs his mouth a little bit and he says no no I want a veal. Uh, uh, what, oh, I've got the line here because I because I got to get justice. <laughs> I want a veal uh, scallopini. I want a good fettuccine Alfredo. I want a bottle of fettuccine in 1981. Um, so, um, so I found I found they actually make uh, kind of labels of a bottle of fettuccine 1981, which isn't a real wine. It's a it's a okay. pasta. So so I went ahead. And that's made, what I thought. <laughs> but but if you listen to the line, that's what he says. And so yes, I know that's out, what's hilarious. Out, yeah, there's there's some people out there that went out and made a label for this wine. So I got a red wine and okay. I, I doctored it up and I made a good fettuccine <laughs> Alfredo to go with it. So I'm eating some fettuccine Alfredo and having my bottle of fettuccine in 1981, which I guess would have been a four year old vintage. Um, yeah, this is, this is, a, which is like a nice, that's like a, a two buck Chuck back then. <laughs> yeah. There's a Pinot Noir, which, which they have a lot of that in Oregon. Although I don't know if they had a lot of that in, uh, in 1985, that might've been, uh, before yeah. they, they brought uh, Pinot Noirs over. So who knows, but I don't, I don't think mouth was a wine <laughs> snob. I mean, he, he, he was 13 at most and yeah. Yeah, I probably so, didn't know I mean, better. He probably if he had anything, <laughs> he might have even. Well, I think the that's line. why the line works. <laughs> yeah, I, I, because I, I remember listening to that and going, "Wait, he just asked for a bottle of, or a glass of, <laughs> like pasta." Yeah, did, a glass. Does of he pasta. know what he's talking about? I go, okay, uh, yeah, which was funny. I mean, it, it was a great line, great delivery, and everything like that. Uh, you know, one of his better better lines in the movie. Um, so yeah, that, that works out great. I, I, you know, it's funny when you, you sent me the picture, I was like, he found it. Oh my God. That's so cool. <laughs> so that's awesome. No, that's, that's perfect. I love it. I love when you come up with that. That's I think that's the second time you've done your own label for some. So <laughs> yeah, I did one for, really well. for, uh, yeah. Agents of shield, I think for the, their beer, 
their their mock beer. Oh right, right, yeah, the mock beer. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I I was uh, I've been quoting lines from from Goonies since 1985, since seeing it. I don't remember I seeing it, it in the since, theaters. This since, year. <laughs> since I've known you, I've I've, I've heard a, a few lines, uh, and I know this one's yeah. based on a regular of yours. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and then one of, one of my best friends, David Odom, that I grew up with constantly back and forth when anything just goofy happens or whatever you're like we'll be in the middle of just some just a quiet moment we'll look at each other and it's it's right off the top is baby root you know <laughs> just that that kind of off you know root baby baby and uh so uh it's one of those ones that and then um my other favorite one is is, is hey you guys <laughs> I, I say that one a lot too so I was looking around for drinks and, and I came across this one and this one came out right away. I was like, I kind of wanted to do something sloth based and I found someone that did a, it was basically a baby Ruth martini. Nice. And, uh, so I took, I took what they had and I changed it up just slightly cause they, they had like whipped cream vodka and, and, you know, I was like, mm, I don't want to do that. And then I found another one that was a truffle shuffle, um, but they used caramel vodka and I went, Oh, that sounds even better. So I took the base of the theirs and added my own kind of spin to it and came up with the Hey You Guys Baby Ruth Martini, which is uh, it's 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 pretty decent. It's it's really tasty. But I did um, the uh, chocolate uh, liqueur, uh, which I bought before because when I did uh, Snowpiercer, I also did a chocolate martini. But this one's a little bit different. Um, so it's it's a Trader Vic's white chocolate liqueur, and I also did some cocoa de cacao. I did two ounces each of those, and I did two ounces of the uh, caramel vodka. I got a Smirnoff caramel vodka. Mm -hmm. um, added a ounce of French vanilla coffee creamer, and then uh, a teaspoon of called it's called PB2, which is a powdered peanut butter. <laughs> And uh, and that and I was like, oh, it's, it's funny. I actually had that like just randomly. I had bought it a while ago, thinking, oh, I'm gonna give this a shot and some like you know, protein drinks or something like that. When I was trying to lose weight, I, I mean, I'm always trying to lose weight. When I was actively trying to lose weight, uh, consciously. Uh, <laughs> so I I'm like, okay, I have that. So let me give that a shot. And so yeah, you throw all that in a, in a cocktail shaker, shake it up, pour it up, uh, pour it out in your martini glass, and then you you uh, garnish it with a little. Uh, uh, mini size baby Ruth, or in this case, I bought a full size and cut it in half, <laughs> and you put that on the side of the the glass, and and there you go. It's, you know, nice little uh, yeah. martini, a nice chocolate martini. You got quite the ensemble cast of uh, of liqueurs in there too, which uh, oh yeah, which which super works, tasty works considering the movie we're watching. <laughs> it's very it's very much a, a like underage kids. If they drank this, they would be like all over it. <laughs> it, is not, it is nothing but this is like how I like my coffee more, more of a, uh, a, a melted ice cream than anything else <laughs> right mm. yeah it's very good it's got a little I mean you get a little bit of the kick a little bit of the um, the vodka and then um, that Trader Vic's uh, white chocolate liqueur has a has a little bit of a, a alcohol tint to it but it's not too too bad like literally this could be the beginner drink for anybody that's like oh i don't like alcohol it burns my throat or whatever this this would be like the gateway drug for sure <laughs> so it, it's really good I, I i'm i'm very happy with it and it plays into two of my favorite lines you know the baby ruth and 
and the whole idea with that, which, you know, uh, we'll get into a little bit, but how much of a uh, commercial this uh, movie was for some certain things, uh, Baby Ruth being one of them. Right. And then um, and then Sloth just he had some of the best lines in there. The hey, you guys and and Baby Ruth. (laughs) So so that's what I had to drink. Nice. All right. And we had something, and I, and, and something to eat to go with it, both of us. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of garnish. Um, so, yeah, uh, this movie to me, like, I watched it just yesterday. And it had been oh, a couple of years since I'd watched it. I tried watching it with my kids to see if they would like it. And they, they weren't into it. Uh, and it just blew me away that they weren't into it. I was like, how, how could you not be into this? And this was... I think in their they were 10, 11, 12 oh, age. Okay. And they weren't into it, okay. No. I I just they didn't get that adventurous soul like I got, got, you know. To me this was right up my alley. This is this is what I would have done as a kid. I mean, I went out and did things just like this, not, you know, found a pirate ship which would have been really cool, but just was out adventuring, climbing through rocks and through trees and swimming across rivers and sleeping on islands in the middle of rivers, you know, with my friends and stuff, like having little adventures. So this was right up my alley. And, and that's what I loved so much about it was it just was a crazy adventure that kids could get into. And, and it seems so fitting for everything that it was. I had a lot of friends growing up, but they were always, I would, I would usually, it would usually be one friend I was hanging out with. Rarely did mm-hmm. I get together with a big group. Um, until I started making movies and then they'd all kind of flock <laughs> to me because they wanted to be in, in the movies I was making. Um, but, uh, but I would, I would do a lot of stuff. I would get out and do a lot of these adventures, but it was usually me and one other guy just, you know, getting lost and, and, and doing stuff. And then I'd run off. With yeah. I had else. like, I had about five or six different friends that were, whether it was all of us together or one or two, you know, it, it didn't matter what group was together. We all kind of had that adventurous, you know, whether we and it could be anything. I mean, we 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 spent most of the time outside mm-hmm. uh, as kids, you know. And this this started in probably about fifth, sixth grade. I had I had one of those neighborhoods where it wasn't a through street, so we kind of could hang out in the street and not be like run over. And so and and we were skateboarders, a couple of us, and so we're always skating and. And, you know, that helped us get around or bikes and stuff like that. And we lived near a, a big levee that we'd go tromping through. We lived close enough to the river that we'd get to the river. And just, just adventure. I mean, even if it was just in the neighborhood, we used to do, <laughs> we used to do a thing we called uh, uh, backyard racing. And what it is is we'd start at one end of a, of, a, of a street and we'd just start hopping fences through backyard, through backyard, through backyard. We didn't know what we were going to find. <laughs> whether there's going to be people or dogs or whatever, but it was literally, you just started jumping fences and, and just go and go and go. And every once in a while there was, there would be a dog. Uh, I think most of us got bit once or twice, uh, you know, but it was just it was one of those things. We got yelled at a couple of times, but it was just, we would do stupid things like that. Or we had a, uh, a gentleman in the neighborhood had two big properties and uh, he was a garbage uh a dumpster diver kind of guy. He would go on these walks in the mornings and just take a shopping cart along and, and just bring back all this crap that he would find. And he would just stack it up in this backyard. There was a, a full school bus that was in the yard. And we'd go back in there and just, you know, dig through stuff and adventure and play and, you know, have all kinds of crazy times. But yeah, Grandpa Haney, he, uh, 
he had the craziest backyard. I mean, and, and and we would find ways to get back there and just, you know, build a fort with whatever we could find. And it's just, just crazy it's, stuff. It's interesting because, like you say, your kids didn't gravitate towards this. Um, and a lot of people look back on movies. You know, they got this series now, Stranger Things, which is, is mm-hmm. you know, kind of it's inspired by these kind of old 80s. 80s movies where a bunch of kids are getting together stand by me kind of has the same sort of feel where a bunch of kids are running and in fact that even had Corey feldman in it too who's a <laughs> who plays mouth in this so uh, um there, that just seemed to be more the energy back in the 80s and i, I remember you know parent my, my parents would complain because i'd watch you know, too much TV because I'd always watch on Saturday, <laughs> Saturday morning. I'd watch the 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 cartoons, the uh, the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show, and and then on Sunday morning was the Popeye from eight to ten. But after that, that was it. Then I'd be out, you know, doing <laughs> doing whatever, getting lost, and um, and uh, and and you know, you, as long as you're back by dinner time or something like that, it was it was uh, when the street you, lights came on. <laughs> is that what it was for you? <laughs> well, it was for a while, and then it was like just be here when I wake up in the morning, yeah. you know, I can, re- and- I can remember my mom, like she'd call me Steve dinner or something like that. And you know, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be streets down or something like that. Or, you know, as long, as long as I was close enough to where I could hear her yelling. <laughs> so my dad, um, my dad had a, a specific whistle. Like yeah. I can't even, I can't do it, but it was one of those ones I could hear it three, four blocks over. Like he would just come out on the porch and, and throw this whistle up and it got to the point where, like, if I was inside somewhere or, or a little ways away and some, one of my friends would hear it, they would come, oh, like, hey, I heard your dad whistling for you. It was kind of like everybody knew. It was like, but, yeah, it, it was one of the – he never said my name, never yelled out and called me. He just did that whistle, and yeah. I knew it was time to come home. <laughs> one of the things that Goonies, I think, does so well is is how – and I even saw some interviews with, with the director, talked about how – how how challenging it was to you know all these kids on their own are great but you put them together and it just becomes insanity <laughs> trying to keep them all all kind of like herding cats yeah but to me that that sort of chaotic energy the way they're dial and i don't know if this is a nod to the director or a nod to the editor who had you know to put all the footage together or if they just rehearsed some of this stuff to make it work but there's there's kind of this chaos that they're ever to they're able to capture but it it works so well um, when when they're talking over each other and each one is kind of yeah. going off into their own little corners and doing things. And yet you still have these scenes that come across with all that kind of youthful energy and and kind of youthful chaos, too, at the same time. It's great. It's funny. I I, I picked up on that watching it this last time, and I don't ever really remember being so affected by all the talking over each other. And I didn't know, like, oh, my God, I've, I've become that old man that this is like, ah, shut up, one at a time. <laughs> and because uh, I don't ever remember thinking about that before, but I've also changed the way I look at movies now quite a lot. Uh, but it was one of those things is, yeah, I really noticed that. And, and you're right, it does work really well. And it very much makes it like you're around a bunch of kids just with a camera capturing it rather than, filming interactions that are pre-rehearsed and everybody <laughs> says their lines one at a time and properly you know uh, it's it it does it does a really good job with that and, and yeah i don't know um if that's the like you said the director or their editor or or if they kind of did try to do it one way and it was just like this is what happens and i think it was great and and it worked out so well especially in the very beginning where they're all in the house kind of and it's all just it's like friends with too much energy 
in a small confined space trying to figure things out and everybody's got their own little idea and it's all going crazy uh one of the things i, I loved about the beginning too was um you have mikey uh uh, Aust uh sean sean uh aston's character um he's, he mispronounces uh things in the in you know and they call him on it and he's like that's what i that's what i said yeah and uh in that same beginning it's not too long uh his mom shows up and she does one of the same ones and I was like, oh, that's perfect. They 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 play it off, you know, they play up the, he gets it from his mom thing. And it was one of those, uh, it just made me laugh uh, more. You know, I caught a lot of different things this time than I probably ever did before. Because I was always watching before with that adventurer eye. This time I kind of watched it with the podcast off, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> so. you know, I, I watched a little bit. Uh, there, there were a couple times I had the subtitles on, which helped with, um, with some of Data's lines. Um, just, <laughs> you couldn't understand him? Well, I understand I him perfectly. I absolutely get the gist of everything. I've always gotten the gist of Booby everything. Traps. Saying, Booby traps. That's tra what he said. Booby traps, yeah. Um, but, uh, but I know there's a line that, um, that Chunk says, I think, to, to Sloth, where he says, you, you smell like phys ed. But I thought it was fish heads. I think I always thought it was fish heads. But the subtitle showed Fizz Ed. It's like, oh, you smell like PE. You know, you like a gym sock. I'm assuming. Oh, that's hilarious. So it kind of, it's like, oh, okay, so, learning a little bit, lit, bit new. Just because makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. <laughs> he might smell like fish heads too. You never know. <laughs> or well, and they're in they they're in a coastal town, so maybe right. PE smells like fish heads. <laughs> right there. You uh, go. It, that could that could actually happen. Uh, one of the cool things I did learn in in um, this is kind of going off on a little tangent, but um, listening to one of the podcasts, people were talking about could this movie get made today? Would this ever work? And and most of the people talked about it said no. It just the kids today wouldn't get it because there's they're they're not the outdoors they're 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 not into those adventures. I mean that that's kind of died away from. There's too much indoor distractions. There's too much you know. Real life is not or you know is not as fun as playing a video game. You know, for most kids, it's like oh the you know you go outside and God these graphics sucks. You know, kind of thing is what I saw a cartoon written so, up. Is your question more would it get greenlit by a production studio if they were handed a script and Goonies had never been made in the past or? Is that is that what you um, mean? No, no, no. More like just like if they try, you know, how they like try and do a reboot or, or even just oh, a different movie. Yeah. But that's what I was going to get with is is so there was a movie that was done. It's a, I believe it's a Netflix original called Finding Ohana, which uh, um, one of the girls on a podcast I was listening to today said this is kind of like a modern day um, Goonies kind of you know that that outdoor adventure with you know a cast full of kids. Oh, I saw um, a trailer for this. Okay. Yeah, and and so it it has it maybe because it's targeting a, a younger age and it's just you know something that didn't come up in in my my huh, it's wheelhouse. Got, well, it's even got uh, uh, Ki Hui Kwan the yeah the, yep the kid data data yeah yeah, and that was one another. And apparently he even he even has some Goonie references in his uh, speaking role, like. Says something about you know someone steps on something. You know, oh, now your shoes are slick. You got slick shoes, you know. And then looks at the camera and kind of <laughs> winks, kind yeah. of thing. And uh, there are a couple others, which uh, it made me kind of like, oh, well, maybe I need to go watch this just to see. 
Uh, interesting enough, IMDb has it as a 6.1 out of 10, so it's not burning up the the, the airwaves, but it might be good. Um, be interesting to see. See, it, it, it's definitely they say it's definitely kind of a nod to to Goonies in a way, but yeah, I was just you know thinking about it. Yeah, I, I don't think movies like this would get the 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 grip on kids today just because of you know what they're. I mean, none of my kids were so like locked up on electronics and indoor that they never went outside, and you know they 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 were athletic enough that they but they still didn't, you know, it wasn't one of those we had to call them in every night. You know, most of the time it was like, hey, go outside, right. you know, go do something. What's the what's the um, the director? I think of Robert Rodriguez uh, that does the. The ones that has the kids. Oh, now I'm going to look it up. <laughs> that 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 narrows it down. Well, no, no. Well, at least I said the director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the ones the ones with the kids in the uh, that, that movie where the kids do the stuff. Well, if if you know Robert Rodriguez, you could have pulled it out, <laughs> out of your butt. But uh, he, <laughs> he has okay, Spy Kids. Uh, oh yes, Spy okay. Kids movies, which which is kids getting into kind of a little bit of crazy chaos and. Um, but they had power. One of the things oh, that yeah, no, Goonies captured so well, though, was even though it's a, it's kind of this this fantasy, and they're they're dealing with this outdoor adventure, well, a cave adventure. You know, there it's kids on an Indiana Jones adventure, kind of. Um, it was. It really did a good job capturing that youthful energy, and it felt raw. There was something about it that felt a little bit more grounded and um, alive, and that's something that I think a lot of the, the stuff we see today is even looking at just the, the color palette of the of that Finding Ohana, is that what you called it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it makes it look like it's just too picture perfect. I liked, oh. I like in Goonies how things are, uh, you know, they're, they just, it seems more Glenn. real. Even though, even though it's a, <laughs> this fantasy adventure they go on um, that seems a little far-fetched it still it still comes in you know some of the inventions that that data uh cracks open do these wild it's just things. A power yeah <laughs> but but still there's the it it's grounded with this energy that this this life that is that feels raw and real and uh that's not easy to capture um yeah and it's it doesn't seem like there's directors out there that can do that quite as well these days. Um, that's yeah, I, 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 that's the energy I'd be looking for if I'm looking for something that's going to compare to Goonies. Is that kind of raw, grounded uh, energy? Well, I mean, we got we got you know, it's definitely almost a nod to it. In, in one of the ways that uh, it looks and feels is Stranger Things has. Yeah. Like Goonies with a bit of horror added into it, right? Yeah, you know, and and but it has it has that kind of same feel, and and like I said, I mean, maybe that's how they would have to do it. Is they'd have to do it as a throwback, you know, time frame uh, to do something like yeah. that again. You know, I think it, the movie, especially part one, did it better um, than Stranger Things. In fact, uh, there was a common actor in that too. I think, uh, the one that in the, in it, he's the one with glasses that is also, he's kind of like the mouth character that talks, talks, uh, everyone's ear off. Um, yeah. so that certainly is related to Stranger Things. It's got that horror element, but that's where they had the, the, the young ensemble cast that really mm -hmm. was able to bounce that energy off each other. So that's a movie that I think 
uh, I would compare Goonies to, even though it's more horror genre, whereas Goonies is more... Yeah, but, uh, and that's what I mean, is you're not going to get a bunch of little kids, like younger, 8, 9, 10 through 15, watching it, getting excited to go roam the countryside and... Right. and you know, um, right. well, that's not that. Those aren't the movies that sell these days. It's either superhero movies or horror movies, right? <laughs> so true. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, yeah, we didn't have that. We didn't have the superhero movies when we were growing up. I mean, we had Superman, but that was pretty much it that I can think of that really did well. Well, um, do you think maybe uh, you know the gaming industry is more? Uh, to bl- I don't want to say to blame, but uh, something that you can point to and say, if people want, if kids want adventure and action adventure and... Oh, they play a game. They, yeah, they're, they're going to play a game online, World of Warcraft or something like that. That's where they go do their adventures um, rather than see a movie about it or go off with, with a bunch yeah. of friends and go on a, a, a real adventure. They're going to go on a virtual adventure. Yeah. So maybe well, that's, that's why... Well, that's where that joke, that joke comes up. It's a written cartoon where it's a kid. He's like, his dad tells him to go outside and play and the kid goes outside and he goes, oh man, the graphics here suck. <laughs> you know? And it's it's like, you're like, oh, come on, really? But that, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, there's so, I mean, there's so many games that, and so many things that are so cool now and so vivid and so uh entertaining where i mean we had pong and and uh atari war growing up i remember i would sometimes fantasize about having these kind of underground uh, hideaways in our backyard that i could go to you know i could go down this hole and it would be my own little world down there and it was always this this Byzantine world that I imagined that was, you, you know, you can go through all the different catacombs, tunnels and, and, you know, you tunnels yeah. and stuff. Yeah, um, and there'd be uh, there'd be a schematics and stuff. <laughs> uh, but Dane Cook, yes, <laughs> but uh, but this this movie kind of uh, fulfills a little bit of that that fantasy oh, in mind. Sure. This this idea, this this desire when you're growing up to get to go on this kind of crazy adventure where uh, there's, there's, there's treasure at the end. And, and in this one, it resonates because they're trying to save their goondock, um, their whole, uh, their whole livelihood, their, their home, yeah. yeah, their home that they know. Well, that's, that was, that's the interesting thing too. Not only is this an adventure movie where you get a lot of kids being kids and, and, you know, a lot of the fun stuff, but you, but you get some, some emotional moments that really, you know, as a kid, you kind of go, okay, I get what's going on here, and I and I can feel the emotional tug. As a, as an adult, you like you're like, oh damn, they're they're dropping some serious feels on this. Yeah. Um, and then it's funny, like so watching it again yesterday, uh, when those moments came up too, I was I I literally, I mean, I was like, oh man, like getting emotional and stuff. I was like. I wish I wish I had friends that made some speeches like that, you know. Like I mean, I'm, I'm sure we had some 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 touching moments and stuff, but it was like, God damn, that was uh, it was cool. Um, one of the scene, the scenes that gets me every time and and really starts an emotional tug is when they're in the um, the fountain, the the wish uh, wishing well, mm-hmm. and. It's, it starts off really like, oh, they found the gold. And you're like, oh, okay, this is cool. And then they realize it's a wishing well and stuff like that. But then, you know, you got Mouth, who realistically is probably my least favorite character in the whole group. 
as far as the Goonies. He's the one I least like them, but he has such a good emotional uh, point at this at this stage in the movie, and and deliver it's like out of this world. I, uh, I heard someone talking about. It. He's like, yeah, you know, he just used that as his audition tape for the, like the next five years, <laughs> like that that one scene because it was it was fabulous. You know, he's talking talking about the. We're talking about the coins in the wishing well. Yeah, that those, you know, wish. we, yeah, that. yeah, which and then made me started thinking too because people were talking about. It. I was like, oh damn, like what would like if someone told you that you're down there and you're like, oh this and like oh, but that's someone's wish. Like you can't take that. It was like, oh damn, that's right. Then I started thinking about it, like, well yeah, but you know I'm kind of. I'm torn between whose side to be on on that. It's like, but I'm kind of with him. Like I've thrown coins down there and I didn't get my way. You know, it, it was it was such a cool scene and it it was good too because um, they played those two characters off uh, each other so much through that um, the rest of the movie. You know, you had Mouth um, played by uh, Corey Feldman, and then you had um, Stephanie or Steph right. uh, played by Martha Plimpton, and they had that that relationship that most kids know that uh you had that person that you grew up with that you kind of liked but you picked on you know all the time and then almost the same you know it, it was it was that trope essentially <laughs> played out very well um at least to me that's when, that's what it seemed when mikey goes off and and kisses andy uh <laughs> when Brand is supposed to go back there, but instead Mikey goes back there in, in, in his place, and and then uh, you know he comes out just with this look of awe, yeah. and and uh, Steph this is, way, lover boy, yeah, Steph is saying that <laughs> that the way she delivered that line and that kind of that <laughs> grin on her face reminded me of your middle daughter. Just I thought <laughs> that's totally something she would. <laughs> so it's funny, I you know a lot of these actors um, went on to be huge. I mean, Sean yeah. uh, Astin is is you know definitely a huge actor was from from some major roles you know um and then Josh Brolin yeah um just recently has blown up like as far as i know i mean he he might have been a bigger actor earlier but i've known him his name for the last couple of years because of him playing Thanos and then also Cable in Deadpool right. yeah he did he did yeah. some uh, Coen brothers movies too so no country for old men was, right uh that was a great role for him. But, he, 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 but and then he also did uh, in True Grit. He played he played another. Uh, I think he did okay. a, few, a few of the Coen Brothers movies. I think there was another comedy. But role. I wasn't sure if his name was as big as it is now with uh, with what he did with Thanos. Well, I think No Country for Old Men got him a lot of recognition. Before okay. that. Uh, I think he had to fight for that role, and again, he's fighting because you know he was a goonie. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not an easy thing to to overcome. To, to get, yeah, right. he's a child actor, but uh, uh, but that role in No Country for Old Men really solidified his yeah. ability. I, okay. and I don't and I don't know about before then. That I think was two thousand. I don't know, 2003, something. Yeah. Well, then you have, you have Corey Feldman, who, you know, what became very famous in in the 90s. You know, him, we had the two Corys, the Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Right. And so I'm going to get to another one here in a second when you get to another actors. There's a few, <laughs> few, um, a few movies of those that like I've seen some other stuff he's been in. Um, Dream a Little Dream is one of my favorite movies. I, I, I really love that. But he's also one of those actors that I've I've also like don't care for but he's in movies and i like him in the movies but i still don't care for him 
but he's gone through a crazy, you know, he's, he's, he, there's been some shit with him and, and not necessarily always good or not like he's a bad guy. It just, it, he's had a lot of issues. And I think and he so. suffered from child actor syndrome. You know, he never, yeah. he never got, you know, his, his maturing was for all to see in reality TV, Yeah, and, you know, and it, it's, so well, and there's some deeper stuff into to... it too. If you if you listen to what he talks about and stuff, he's he throws out some crazy. I mean, I, I don't want to call him crazy because I don't I don't want to say it's true or not. But you know, there's a, he he's one that's thrown out there uh, a lot of the allegations that uh, Hollywood is run by a uh, pedophile and child pornography ring. Yeah, you know, and so and and listen to his stories, and they've been backed up by other people. You're like, fuck you. Okay, I'll. I'll you got your stuff. Uh, then you got um, Jonathan Kiho Key. Oh God, I'm gonna blow that up. Jonathan Key He Kwan. Yeah. Uh, as Data, uh, which I knew him also, and I'm sure this is where you know him <laughs> is uh, Short Round. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which so he was probably one of the bigger actors too when after this first came out. You know, well, like yeah, Kim Short Round was his debut. He got pulled out of like a a a, a school to audition for that. And, oh, nice. You know, he wasn't known before then. He was just a, you know, I think he's originally from um, South South Vietnam and uh, was and and came to the U.S. I uh, I have, yeah, he was forced to leave his country. <laughs> so I'm taking, that 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 wasn't your story then, I guess. Um, no, I thought he did a great job, but I knew I knew he was kind of one of the bigger because of the Indiana Jones, which then again, Goonies was kind of like a kid version of Indiana Jones, so it worked out perfect that he was in it. I loved the Data character too. I mean, he there was so much about him that was so likable. Um, Sometimes you hear his the way he speaks, and you and it kind of it 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 feels a little stereotypical, like, like, uh, someone, someone coming from, from another country and speaking like that. And you wonder how much it's, it's for real and how much it's, and, and then I saw some behind the scenes stuff and it's like, damn, that's him. That's the way he talks. It's great. That's, I, <laughs> so, I think it was. And that's yeah. why I don't, I, there, yeah. And I'll, we'll get into that later, but yeah, there's a lot of people that, that just jump on this again with the, the mindset of two, you know, 2020, like, oh my God, there's not a black person in the whole movie, and this is all stereotypical, and how dare they do this? And, and it's like, ah, oh, fuck, come on, it's 1985. You know, you, you can't judge everything by today's standard for stuff that 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 that's old. I mean, you're, it, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, yeah you're right. He, it, I don't think anybody goes, no, make it sound more like you're a foreigner. No, they were just like, here's your line, say it. I would, you know, and I don't even know if the whole uh, booty trap, booby trap thing was just, was it written or was it kind of like it came to where they were doing it and it sounded funny. So they went with it, <laughs> but that's some of the funniest shit through the whole movie. Yeah. You know, that's what I said. And they, <laughs> and it's not just him. Cause they, they do that. They did. They brought it up first with Mikey, right? But he was just using the wrong words. Data's was more like a misunderstood, you know, sound. So, um, <laughs> Carrie green who played Andy, uh, yeah, she was kind of a that she was starting to butt out as a as a child actor. Um, she also was with uh, uh, Corey Feldman and uh, Robert Downey Jr. in the next year in I think it's Arthur maybe. Arthur? Is that no, no, no. Uh, Lucas, Lucas. That's what it is. Lucas. Wait, you got your names wrong. So it was Charlie Sheen and it was Corey Haim. That's where I was going to bring Corey Haim up. 
Oh, uh, no, was it? Okay. Wasn't, that wasn't Corey Feldman. That was Corey Haim. You're right. Yeah. Who played you're right. You're right. And Charlie Sheen was uh, was kind of the, you're right, Charlie the Sheen. boyfriend My bad. or something like that. But I and but there's also another character in there. You know, we talked about Stranger Things. Uh, why not a writer? And and uh-huh. she's in Lucas. She's kind of a side character. Oh, okay. Uh, this was she was like one of the that was the one of the first times I really fell for for someone on on screen. Why not a writer <laughs> in that in that movie? She's got short hair and she was. Yeah, I she was on a lot of people's age, list. So I, I, so I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, it's not a creepy thing. <laughs> no, she was on a lot of people's list. Her, Molly Ringwall were definitely the two, I think, of the 90s of the the big crush, like, like late 80s, early 90s. I remember seeing that movie a bunch of times at the theater, Lucas. I really <laughs> connected with, with Corey Hames' character was interesting, but You're there right. was something about that movie that just uh, got to me. He was kind of a loner. He would mow lawns to make money but he was right. really into these uh these um these bugs say bugs they're like some sort of moth that they only uh they only come out every seven years and here's where if bo's listening to this he can he can text me what i'm talking about because i can't i can't remember because um, he's good with that sort of trivia <laughs> He'll give you the the species and the name and when they come out, and he'll give you the yeah. next date that they'll show up. Yeah, yeah no. Um, but Andy was in that right. movie, and she was she was the lead. Uh, right, you're right. I I I had messed it up. Uh, the reason why is uh, Corey Fel. I read something about Corey Feldman talking about Corey Haim, um, and I guess Corey Feldman was around uh, during the filming of that, but he wasn't in it, and it was because during the uh, audition portions for Goonies is when Corey Feldman met Corey Haim and they started to become best friends. Really? On auditions at the Goonies, which I thought was that's that's pretty cool. And so they and then they started starring in movies together. Left and you know they were almost inseparable kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, although Corey Haim died about ten years ago. Yeah, he died at, when he was thirty-eight. I think a drug overdose, I believe. Yeah. Or complications from that. Uh, I don't know specifically, but yeah. It, and apparently that wrecked him pretty bad. So um, Martha Plimpton, uh, Steph. Now, it was funny because I was watching this and I was like, God, I, I fucking know her from something else now. <laughs> you know, and I, and it, I knew her from this, but I, I, I never put it together until later today. I was looking and not later today, but. Earlier today, later in the day, I was looking around and I realized that she was in Raising Hope. Right. Yeah. She's a mom. T- <laughs> yeah. And as soon as I saw that and I went, oh, fuck, okay, that's what it was. Because I just couldn't. I'm like, I know that face. I know that face. Like I saw a picture of her when she was older. And I'm like, I know, but what is it from? And that is such a good uh, sitcom. It is so funny. It's one of those ones where you can totally turn your brain off and just laugh and enjoy you know the the just stupid comedy with it yeah um but uh, go ahead i just i remember seeing parenthood was the movie i watched over and over again yeah and i remember <laughs> her in that you know, her, her being in that where she was in love with keanu reeves and um so she was the the oldest daughter is that the uh was it um i don't think she was she was a different uh she was like the she wasn't the oldest daughter of Steve Martin. I think it was Steve Martin's sister's daughter. Okay. Um, I Diane Weist, I think, played that character, and and uh, she was she was Martha Plimpton's mom, uh, and that was the whole drag racing thing where he wanted to do drag racing, and 
Can't read. I, uh, okay. I, I thought it was the... Um, maybe it's the, the second one. or Oh, it's Cheaper by the Dozen. That's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, that was the movie. For some reason, Parenthood came up in my mind as uh, Cheaper by the Dozen. Well, they both have, have Steve Martin in the lead. Right. As the dad. <laughs> yeah. Which is... I, I love Cheaper by the Dozen. It is such a fun, um, but that one has Ashton Kusher, <laughs> and that's why I was like, "Wait, when you it, really? That's okay." But yeah, this is much earlier. It's almost yeah, interesting. So good stuff. Um, yeah. So I mean, all of them, a lot of them went on to be incredible actors and in other things. Um, but we also have uh, one that we didn't talk about as uh, Jeff Cohn, who played Chunk. And he's one of the few that didn't really continue on into acting, but he's probably one of the more known of them uh, now because he's a, a very high-level uh, entertainment lawyer. Right. And uh, so one of the cool things I found out about this was that, um, you know, he, 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 he had issues making it to this. He had chicken pox going into the filming, and yeah, uh, in really, fact, you can even see it when he does the truffle shuffled. I think you can. Yeah, because <laughs> it was shot chronologically. Is that the right? Or uh, they say it was shot mostly start to finish. Like okay. they didn't jump back and forth. So yeah, that's. But he got better. But he was so afraid to not show up that he would get recast. So he came in sick and and got better as it went. Um, he didn't do a whole lot other, but he 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 really had a hard time acting, and and apparently the director. Um, Richard Donner really got a lot of that out of him. And, and he has some of the greatest, like, like I would almost say he's probably one of the better actors in this. When you really just look at what he did, it's almost like he, he was able to say, you know what? There's no camera there. I'm just being me doing me. And it felt more, most the most real in a lot of senses, I think. Um, but one of the cool things I found out is like he he stopped acting uh, really young compared to the rest of them, and um, Richard Donner and his wife actually uh, really kept kept in touch and kept you know helping him move along and paid for his college. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so paid for his his full full college ride um, and got him through and you know, and I just was like man like think about that it, like you're he was what probably. 10 I don't know I guess they're, he's probably 11 to 13 somewhere in that range filming this movie meet this person and then you know make this friendship so six seven years later that they pay for you to go to college for four years you know off of one movie kind of friendship thing and so I thought that was really kind of a cool special thing for him he, he's kind of lost his chunk too he looks like he's uh he's in pretty good he's shape. very fit yeah very fit um it might have been. They they said he was a little traumatized from the movie. Um, they made him you know, eat a lot. Just, <laughs> well, they, apparently he he already had a issue with being as big as he was. Like he was already feeling that you know that that sting of being the fat kid. You know, which if you've ever been a fat kid, I mean, you understand um, what it was. And then, um, but yeah, he was he was kind of always eating stuff, you know, always eat ice cream. And apparently there's that one, he's like, I'm so stressed. I can't even eat. And then he does the shot of whipped cream in his mouth. Apparently it took 50 takes 
So he shot that stuff in his mouth 50 times, <laughs> whether it was his fault or someone else's fault. And, uh, and, you know, when you're trying to lose weight, getting uh, 50 shots of whipped cream in the mouth is not going to help. Right. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at a picture from 2012 uh, Comic-Con, which got Corey Feldman, Sean Astin, and uh, what's his name? Jeff Cohen. Uh, all, oh, yeah. all three of them. They look great together. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they created some great uh, lifelong friendships from this, which is interesting, too, because I read another thing where uh, by the end, they got to the point where they, they all could not stand each other. <laughs> like there was a lot of little fighting and stuff like that. Um, and and so and I even even the uh, director apparently was done um, with them. And uh, he, so the whole last week, apparently Steven Spielberg had talked to all the kids and told them to kind of like, you know, give, give the Richard, um, you know, Donner the kind of cold shoulder. And uh, so the whole last week of the shooting was kind of like just, you know, people were just going through the motions. Shooting closes. Uh, Donner's going to fly back to Hawaii where he lived and stuff like that. And, you know, whatever. So it took a couple of days. Spielberg flies the entire cast out to his house out to to donner's house in hawaii sneaks him in there when he's out so when he comes home from a neighbor's house they're all in there and they throw, throw him like a surprise party you know in his house after they were shooting <laughs> they're just apparently spielberg thought it was the funniest thing ever and you know just one of those it's like could you imagine that you're like oh i'm so done with these kids and they're <laughs> finally away from it and you walk in your house and like they're all there you're like motherfucker <laughs> And then you got Spielberg over there in the corner giggling. Uh, you know, it's interesting you say that, say that, that, that it, you know, they were kind of tired of themselves at, at the end and also that it was shot in, uh, in script order, you know, so, cause yeah. I felt the first two thirds of the movie just, I thought were brilliant to me. The last act gets a little, um, dull. It doesn't, it doesn't have quite the spark. It seems like. Um, they're going through some the motions on a lot of it, and it doesn't <laughs> yeah. didn't uh, it didn't work quite as well. So that that's possibly possibly a reason why if they were that's true. The I think some of the action slows down a little too. Like where before it's a moving action, it's kind of a it's a mystery out running yeah. out running traps and stuff. And then when they get on the boat, it's kind of like oh okay, and then kind of motions, and then the the Fratellis get there, and it's kind of. Uh, yeah. It does. It def definitely dies. Um, I, I love the fact. A, I know there was an octopus scene too that got cut. You know? Okay, so have you ever seen it? Have you ever? I think I. Uh, I think I've seen <laughs> some some stills from it. Uh, okay, so uh, I I couldn't remember it directly, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna go find it. So I went out on YouTube, and and you can find it on YouTube because apparently the idea was is that it was released in the network release. So when this was being shown on TV, like every other couple of weeks, because uh, they had to cut out all the, the oh shits and stuff like that, that it dropped it down below where they needed. So they added back in this scene and one others. And I can't remember which one it was. I think it's data with uh, where he loses his glasses uh, right before they go into the, um, the uh, restaurant. But anyways, it's going to make noise. Hold on. <laughs> Would you join? I'm trying to un un. Uh, okay, there we go. Uh, sorry about that, folks. Oh, that was yeah. It was it was falling all over the place. 
it's in there hitting the microphone um anyway so uh yeah the octopus scene it was on the regular tv show what our shows when they were showing on network tv back in the in the late 80s and stuff like that uh, what it is is uh, it's when they're I think they're either going to the ship or something, but a uh, it's it's mouth and Steph they're walking and Steph's like hey, uh, and they show this octopus leg kind of go across her leg and she thinks it's mouth like grabbing her ass. She keeps turning around and warning him like hey knock that off, and it does it like three times and all of a sudden the octopus comes up, wraps around her and mouth goes in to save her and this and that and. What happens is Data takes out a tape player and stuffs it in its mouth, closes his mouth playing a tape, and the octopus like loves the beat so much that it dances away. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm looking at it in my YouTube history, and apparently I have watched it before. <laughs> so it, it's, it it's very forgettable. <laughs> it's, it's very forgettable, because I remember seeing it when I'd watched it on TV. Because, you know, it was one of those movies like like uh, any of the early uh, Star Wars or, say, uh, you know, uh, Die Hard or any of those movies that kind of like you're flipping through the channels and it's, and it's on, you know, uh, and you just stop and watch it. You know, uh, yeah. Princess Bride was another one that was like that. Anytime you're flipping through and you see, oh, I gotta, I gotta watch this. Yeah. Uh, but it was, I, I've done that before where I've seen it and, and watched it, and I was like, it, it's very forgettable. Uh, the interesting thing with that too is that there was a whole song written just for this octopus scene called uh, Eight Arms Around You" or something like that, that had to be cut. Then also was removed from the album remove <laughs> what well okay i mean they didn't so, cut the, they even make a reference to the octopus at the end of the movie so yeah and they didn't cut that they could have cut that if they if they were yeah no but that's what i mean is they that's... they they cut this whole song that was supposed to be released on the soundtrack and um <laughs> and it was just kind of funny apparently there's a uh in the so cindy lopper uh was a big part of this and she yeah. did a, a music video like a eight minute music video that is kind of like her and some WWF wrestlers at the time. Oh yeah, along with the kids. Well, he was doing, in a lot. Of, uh, yeah, he was in a lot of their movies, uh, or a lot of her music videos. I, or at least. Well, at least. it wasn't just it wasn't just the Iron Sheik who was okay. in who was the dad in Girls Just Want to Have Fun, but he he was one. But there was also some others like Rowdy Rowdy Piper was in it, and some others like that. And uh, so they went and. Um, Apparently, there's a line in there, and then where she's also in the video where she's wrapped up in some octopus uh, legs, and it's one of those funny things. Is I just heard someone goes, goes, oh, okay, that video makes so much more sense now that I know that that scene was in there. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, did you ever see Ed Wood, the movie with uh, yes. Johnny Depp, uh, based off the real director Ed Wood, who just made movies. He was all about suspension of disbelief. You know the you know. The audience is going to buy anything, um, <laughs> but he he's he's kind of known for making some of the worst movies ever. But there's and he he worked with Bella Lugosi at the end of his life, um, and and there's this great scene in Ed Wood where he puts Bella Lugosi in a in a a little lagoon with a with a mock octopus that he's supposed to be fighting. <laughs> And of course, the octopus doesn't move at all. It just, it just, and so he just says, "We'll just wrap it around you and and, and fight you just it." You know, fight back you. Uh, and in fact, and you can, you can, you can, 
if you're interested in this, go on YouTube and you can find the scene from Bella Lugo, from Ed Wood, but you can also find the scene from Bride of the Monster, which is the actual scene that has Bella Lugosi. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and look at look at how it's uh, how it goes together. But but when you talk about this in in Goonies, that's that's kind of what I think of is that it's a scene that that probably did not make the cut because it looked so cheap and it and does. It, it, if, it, if it's it, gonna it yeah, if it's gonna hear the music and and decide to to dance, that's kind of. That's kind of silly. It, it definitely like, looks. That sounds like something Spielberg might have come up with if if he was the one that <laughs> came up with the whole uh, the the, uh, the, the. Well, it was with... his. Ri- it was his story to begin with, Spielberg. Yeah. He he wrote the story originally, and then and then um, the other guy. Um, I'm blanking on his name because I'm not look- Christopher Columbus. Yeah, I don't know why I forget that. He wrote the screenplay, so. He 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 took what Spielberg and it it sounds yeah you're right just like a Spielberg um, thing. I still don't think that. I mean the story is a great great idea. The uh, the screenplay was was fun, but to me it's the energy that comes out of the 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 ensemble cast and the way the director made that work, or maybe the way the editor fixed it in post or something like that. That is what resonates so much about this movie and makes it come alive it is it, it's it's the personalities in the in the in the interaction between the kids because it, it it well like i said before this didn't resonate with my children um <laughs> i don't know if it was if it was just when they saw it or what you know my kid my kids have also lot, watched a lot of other movies i think are great and they're kind of like mm, but they're they're well, we have it on dvd and i couldn't find it it turns out casey stole it she's got it in davis oh. so so maybe it did resonate with her i'll have to, I'll have to... oh i love that that's so <laughs> awesome um that's so cool uh yeah no uh it's just one of those, yeah. The the kids were so. It, it re, is one of those nostalgia films, you know. People call it a cult classic, and I don't know if I'd call it a cult classic, because, you know, it's well, we just did Rocky Horror, and that that has that cult following where you know you you there's some craziness involved in it, and you you kind of get deep into it. I think it's more of a nostalgia type movie where. You love this as a kid, and you still watch it and still love it. Where it, it, this isn't like, oh, I'm going to the midnight movies every, uh, you know, Saturday to watch Goonies, and and I'm going to get up on stage and I'm going to play Mikey this week, and next week I'm going to play Sloth, and <laughs> you know what I mean. It does have its own uh, wiki. It's got a Goonies wiki. Um, so that, everything has a goddamn wiki. Though. I know they do, but but I, but I I think I think for for a movie from the '80s. Um, you're right. I don't think it quite hits the cult, the cult level, but it's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, you know, reunions and, and, uh, what, what do they oh. call it? What, what do they call them when people get together they, to, to reunion? No, I, I don't mean the actors. I mean, where they come together for like a Comic-Con type thing. Like I know well, Big Lebowski just... does. Uh, Lebowski fests and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, well, I know Goonies uh, had a 35th anniversary, and in, in the city of Astoria did some pretty big things for it. Uh, matter of fact, I text my uh, friend Dave Odom, who uh, he was my chunk when I was growing up. He he literally <laughs> was chunk, um, and a hundred percent because now he's like super fit and everything that he, he literally followed that but uh he wasn't as clumsy um but uh he 
I, he was stationed in um, Astoria in the Coast Guard. And so I texted him. I'm like, hey, you got any cool stories? He's like, nothing really cool. He's like, one of our shipmates actually lived in, I guess, one of the houses that people came and visited that somehow was shown during the movie. So, you know, uh, Gunia files or whatever you want to call them, you know, really you flock to that Astoria um, and go. And so 35 Sorry, but not too long ago, 35 year uh, anniversary. Apparently, the the house that Mikey and and uh, Brandon lived in, the people that owned it, they used to be like okay with people like coming up and like they would even let people inside to take pictures and stuff. Like they were, were kind of cool. But apparently, on the 35th anniversary, it got so fucking crazy. Like so many, like they were talking thousands of people showing up daily to come visit this house and there she was just like nope i'm done with it started covering the house with tarps so like you couldn't even take pictures with it so it looked the same got like the city involved to like make it no parking on the street and all this just like so the city does some stuff but i i think there's also some people that are like okay we're a little tired of it we're a little <laughs> we're a little over it right but uh but Astoria, I mean, it is it's it's a fucking real town in and it's played out exactly the way it is in the in the movie. I mean, you can drive through and see all the stuff, and it still looks like that because we drove through there. I want to say two years ago, three years ago, uh, we went up to Seattle to uh, visit my buddy Dave. Uh, I think it was when he was retiring, and on the way back, uh, we we drove through Astoria. And I remember going, oh, man, this is this is Goonies Town. And we drove around a little bit just to just to see some stuff. And, and it was kind of cool. Like, we didn't get out of the car and, like, go take pictures with houses or anything. Like that We just kind of drove by. And, you know, I geeked out. My wife just kind of laughed at me. So The Goondocks, it sounds like that was kind of made up for the movie. Um, I, you know, that's funny. A lot of people, uh, some people were talking about that, too. And the idea that people came up with or the one that makes sense to me is, like, you know, you've always heard of the boondocks, the right? Boondocks oh, they live out in the boondocks, which is just, you know, uh, the, the outskirts. Boonies, yeah, yeah. Or the boonies, yeah. yeah. And so I think it was kind of like a a play on that. They, they well, we live in the goonie, the, the boondocks, but we're going to call it the goondocks. And, you know, and, and well, I mean, we... We uh, haven't really talked about many of the scenes directly, which is kind of weird because we're like an hour into this. So we haven't even really touched on scenes much. But uh, the opening, uh, you know, they have the, the, the car chase with the, the cops chasing uh, the Fratellis as they're breaking out. And we get the introductions to all the characters in in little ways. Uh, you know, they do show the docks at that point. Be, you know, it is a it is a ocean uh, property town or, you know, oceanfront town. And they have, you know, uh, docks and stuff like that. So it, it very much makes sense to have the goon docks, uh, yeah. to me at least. So I always thought that was funny. I, I love that opening scene, too. It's one of those, it's a it's a quick, fast, easy, fun way to to show all the characters a little bit just to introduce them. Although you're talking uh, about the prison break or you, Oh, when the, when not, the car... well, it's after they, it's when they're on their, the car race, right. the car chase. Yeah. Which there's, there's some issues with it. Uh, um, there's some, some editing issues. Uh, when they introduce chunk, he goes up to the, the, the window and he, he puts his face up there and the first they, they, they it's three cuts. The first one, you actually see him squish his pizza and, and drink against the window. Then they cut back to him, and he's from the front, but he hasn't squished it yet. And then they cut again, and then he squishes it. It's like, you, you can't squish a pizza twice. It, <laughs> it just doesn't work. So a uh, little bit of editing you error can, there. You can in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> you can, yeah, with the movies. Uh, so there was a little bit of editing there. Um, 
that one was one that I got. Uh, there was a couple of other editing things that I, I saw in, um, or when we were watching, Alyssa picked up one too. When uh, he's hugging the the um, water water jug, water dispenser, right? The first time he goes to get the water, it's like almost empty. And then when he goes back and knocks it over, it's like almost full. It's like, how did you put water back in it, Chunk? I mean, um, there was a, there was things like that that it was just like, oh. You know, little little things, but nothing yeah. nothing but, drastic. But it's not doing it's not worth doing a podcast if all we're gonna do is nitpick about editing. Things. No, actually, the only one that really got me that uh, you know, and I wasn't trying to find things, but as soon as it happened again, and I don't know if I've ever picked it up before because it's been a while since I watched it. But when they go out and flatten Brand's tires, all they do is they pull the little rubber cap off of the the stem. Yes, that's always actually bugged me. It's like it's like how does it, you know, you pull the cap off? It's not gonna go flat. You gotta like. Yeah. Stick something in there to, to make the air go down or actually you know yeah. stab the tire or something to make it go i was down. like i looked at that i was like son of a like that is so lame yeah. and then it's like you know what you would have you would have done better just to take your time pump up those tires put the calves back on and run after them instead of trying to ride that little girl's bike but the, yeah. there was such a funny scene is is it's data's sister because we know data lives next door to him that she gets off and she just does the little stout back and forth kind of <laughs> parade of my bike my bike my bike yeah <laughs> and uh I, it's one of so like as much as that scene's about him taking the bike my eyes have always naturally gone straight over to her and her little her little parade of tantrum yeah uh why she does that it's so funny it's great. It, you know, I, I was watching it a, a couple of days ago and I saw that scene. It's like, oh, my God, he's being kind of <laughs> she's stealing the bike from this little girl. And then, <laughs> and then I thought about it. It's like, you know, they're in the small, you know, they, they know everyone. Absolutely. I could see some neighbors. That. It's like, I owe you one. Or he says something like that. Or, yeah. And um, <laughs> she throws her a little. They're fan. literally neighbors. Yeah, it's yeah. not like she doesn't know. Yeah. It's like, Brand, get off my bike, you big bitch. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was funny. Um, there, uh, the God, what's the name of it? Um, the the thing where they do the they open up the front gate. There's a name for that type of. Oh, it's like a mousetrap type thing. Or it's like a Rube Goldberg type. That's it, Rube Goldberg. Apparently, all like that's the big the whole all the little things that set off are all Rube Goldberg things. And I was just like, I had an issue with that one too because <laughs> yes. chickens do not lay eggs when you startle them. <laughs> To me, that seems, an egg. to me, that seems like another Spielberg thing where he wanted to throw that in. Because, <laughs> oh, my God, you do it once and then it's going to take, you know, a, yeah. a you couple gotta reset hours it. to reset the thing. So that not only that, but chickens only lay one egg a day <laughs> okay. if they're young. And right. then that chicken not only gets up and the egg falls out, but there's like six eggs below her. So it's like. So you've done this like yeah. what? How many times in the last couple of days? And you're just leaving them eggs sitting there, like. Oh. And why do you have one single chicken just for your gate? <laughs> I think uh, they were. They, you know, another movie came out in 1985, uh, Back to the Future, which started. Oh, with, so uh, and it's another Spielberg uh, produced movie um, that he. He was, was just touring and everything wasn't. Looking he? over, well, he had the name. He had done. Uh, Raiders Lost Ark, which I don't have any problem with. Um, E.T., which was another one of my favorite. You know, he was on a roll with after after Jaws, and then he came out with a bunch. And so he was able to fund a lot of these of these little pet projects of his. It's like, here, you go make they this, start, you go make this. And, yeah. They started calling him Butter, didn't they? Because he was on a roll. 
<laughs> nice, nice. But in, but the opening scene of Back to the Future, it's at Doc Brown's house, and Doc Brown isn't there. But it's uh, it's the introduction that shows uh, the dog getting fed, and he's got oh, this right, little right. thing that's triggered by you know, the alarm clock that sets off its feeding time and it goes through this whole thing. Now, to me, that played a little bit more into the character. It's a little crazy fun. So I love yeah. that. Um, and it's a little outlandish, but it works. So, Here, yeah, to, think, me that... to me, this one was was cool, but it's, it was a little distracting. It wasn't what resonated in the movie, which I've already talked about. Like if about. they would have went over to Data's house, I would have saw, I could have saw yeah. that. Like, yeah, it, it, it yeah, didn't fit. Those, it he didn't was fit. great. He had, you know, he opened up his, his trench coat and he just had everything. That you could think of, <laughs> you know, it's just the, a power. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ridiculous things, but uh, but they they come in. They 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 work it, when they so, need to. Uh, someone had brought up uh, there was um, Inspector Gadget, right? Was oh, a right. Okay. Uh, was a cartoon, and they're like, was he before Inspector Gadget? Was that so? Inspector Gadget came out in 1983. Okay. So uh, it could have been very much a uh, Inspector Gadget in in um, influenced uh, character, or really it's James Bondish. You know, uh, um, what's the other one? Uh, uh, what's uh, the Naked Gun guy? Uh, oh God, why? Leslie Nielsen is the is the actor. Yeah. Well, no, no, it's not even him. It's uh, with Agent Ninety Nine and uh, Get Smart. Get Smart. Oh, right, right, right. God, I don't know why I messed that one up. But yeah, like they had a lot of those stuff too. That's kind of what it seemed more like to me was Get Smart rather than uh, James Bond. But yeah, Data was great with all that. And But that was definitely, you know, that seemed more out of place for that house that it would have been his. Uh, another funny scene, and, and it makes me laugh still to this day. You know, they have the little, I guess it's a, was it a statue of David or, or what's the, what's the statue and it <laughs> falls over. It's, and, yeah. It's the Michelangelo statue of David. Michael, yeah. Well, it falls off and the, the penis breaks off. Right. And you know, the, the funny comment in this, and and you can take it both ways and it works. It's, it's hilarious. It's like, oh no, that's my mom's favorite part or piece. Now she's talking, could you could be talking about the whole statue or the penis that falls off, <laughs> and there's there's so many lines in there. It just it's it's so good. Like you know, uh, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't kind of thing. You know, I think is what mouth says. You know, uh, which I I was like, oh damn, that dirty little bird. <laughs> um, but then this is this is the one problem I have with that is though they're trying to put it back together. And and. I think it's Chunk who puts it upside down. I'm like, okay, first off, Chunk, you have one of those. You you know which way they go. Um, also, like when you're putting puzzles back together, especially if a piece breaks off, so it it kind of fits one way or it doesn't. You know, it's just well, did, it's did like, he use bubble gum? Because he was chewing some gum. Did he use gum I don't to remember, stick it on? Yeah, maybe. If you're using gum, it's not going to stick the same way because there's going to be all that gum. That won't make it. Maybe what that's what it is, but it's I, just one of those. That's, I think it's fair that he put it on upside down. Uh, I, I, I <laughs> are you know, saying he's so fat he couldn't see it? Is he didn't know which way it went? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that, man. You just you just threw that at me. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm just saying it's like you would know. Well, but it, it got to a great line. It's like if it went that way, we'd, you'd all pee on your own your own face, kind right, of thing. Right, right. <laughs> it just it all led up to some great jokes. Um, but that, I mean, that starts off a really cool thing. Uh, the very interesting part about all this too is is all the kids together. Like a lot of people had issues with like how kind of mean they were to each other. Like you know, 
you know, people called it fat shaming with, you know, today's people, you know, if you're woke and all that and you're, you're very uh, PC about stuff like, oh, God, it's fat shaming. And, you know, they're just constant. That's how friends are. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I mean, that, and that's kind of where I like, like when I was talking about stealing the bike, part of me was like, oh my gosh, he's doing that. But, but that's, <laughs> that, that is, that's the, that's what you got to tap into. If you're really, yeah. if you really want to put on the screen, what, how people, you know, your kids, you treat each other, whatever comes out of your mouth, you're trying to, to be who you are. And, yeah. And uh, it's one of those is, is so uh, I, I equate it to uh, a brotherly love. Right. Um, and we, we see that with Bran and, and uh, Mikey, you know, he's talking shit to him and giving him crap the whole time. But then when Mikey really needed him, he came up and gave him a hug. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those, uh, you know, and it's, it's the friend thing. It's like, I'll pick on you all day long, every day to, to the ninth degree. Like I'm, I'm not going to go any holds barred, but no one else going to pick on you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, that's just how it is. It's like, uh, you know, I'll give you as much shit as I can and I'll, and I'll expect as much shit back from you, but I will protect you from anybody outside that circle. And, and that's kind of what I got from those friends. Cause I had friends like that. Like we were relentless on each other. Sometimes, I mean, it was like, God damn, I can't believe how mean we were, but it was also one of those things is like, if anybody from outside that circle came up and, and said anything, it was the whole circle. It, it was it was everybody against that person. You know, you 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 didn't let anybody outside your circle pick on your circle, kind of yeah. thing. And that's what I got out of that. And, and it just it reminded me of my friends growing up so much. It reminds me of a boss I had at at where I work now. But this was from you know over ten years ago. He he was our boss for like six or seven years when I first started at uh, at the junior college and and he was he wasn't a very he he worked really well with with vendors that came in he kind of spoke their language and was kind of rough and tumble but but he wasn't very good at keeping us organized but he was he was like a bulldog if anyone came in from the outside <laughs> and started you know saying something about us he would defend yeah. the he would defend us like you know he was someone that that was always on your side and it kind of feels like that with you know growing up that's that's how it was it's like yeah you can yeah. you could i didn't like my boss but at the same time i knew he was going to be there for me if i needed him and that's kind of that's kind of the way friends are when you're growing up it's like oh my god yeah <laughs> you know the opposite of that is really rough too when you know your boss is never going to have your back is one of the hardest things and i've had to deal with that yeah. at my job not necessarily now but in the past i've worked like one of those things is like i know if anybody comes after us he's gonna fucking throw us under the bus as quick as fucking possible wow. matter of fact i uh we, we we wear um like esd smocks at work and uh i i went so far as one day uh with one of my friends we took one of the smocks and we went out to our car and we put it down and we put uh uh tire tracks over the back of it and uh, we wore it around, and it, it was like one of those, like, oh, yeah, well, if I'm going to get thrown under the bus, I'm going to look like it. <laughs> and so we had a good laugh with that. But, yeah, it was one of those, like, it was like, oh, I'm laughing because it hurts so much, you bastard. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was great. And, and But it's one of those things is when I listen to people today talk about it. Um, and a lot of the podcasts I listened to over the last two days uh, were recent ones um, within the last two years. And there was... Not everybody, but there were some people that really had a critical eye of what of today's uh, mechanics and like really just throwing that like, 
you know, what, what it would be like today. And it's like, well, you, you can't really put that lens on it. Or maybe, maybe what we should do is we should start going back to how that was and get away from the way things are now, because the way things are now are fucking not great either. Well, you were talking about if this movie could be made now and, and, and it's, that's what sometimes you see on screen when you got a bunch of kids on screen sharing a scene is that they're written now with a little bit more political correctness. There's, there's more, uh, a lot more kindness, the way they're interacting or if they're, if they're the bratty kid, then they, they just kind of go a little bit overboard and they're immediately the one you, you think is the bratty kid and you don't judge them beyond that. Whereas here, <laughs> everyone's kind of acting up. You get annoyed. Like you were talking about getting annoyed at mouth and, but, and yet they still, uh, they go deeper. There's something more there uh, because you can't strip that away from real characters. Uh, you can't strip yeah. away the, the things that annoy you. You can't say just because a character on, on in the movies annoys you doesn't mean they can't say something that resonates a, a second later and make that character come to live alive a little bit more. And that's where I think uh, a movie like Goonies is successful. Whereas a lot of the things you see these days is plays it a little bit more like this is the type of character I want. So everything they say is going to be this way. They're, right, they're going to yeah. be the bratty kid or they're going to be the respectful kid that everyone oh, thinks. Right. Of. And it just, they had a little bit of that with chunk. Like he definitely, like I, I was going back over it today or, you know, the last couple of days and then listening to people talk about it. And then in one of the cut scenes, I think they played up the fat kid, always hungry a little too hard yeah on i do him. too i do too yeah. um that's the only one i saw that i was like okay as much as mouth was a fucking annoying a, a nuisance like he was that kind of kid he he was that that kid who thought he was too cool like i wouldn't have liked him as my as a friend and and i have a friend that was like that that kind of bugged me um growing up but i i understood it but Ch chunk i think they they went a little too far like the the one of the cutscenes and I don't know if you've seen the there's a, like three cutscenes there's one where they're in a uh, like a convenience store. mini mart yeah yeah where he's licking the ice cream like I don't that was a little too much that to me was a little too far like I I understand that like finding ice cream in a freezer in a in a old rundown I'm like okay yeah I can see him going crazy on that but opening up ice cream and licking the things. That that was a little too yeah. far. I I, I don't even see that in. And that's where the screenplay I don't think was necessarily that good, but it was yeah. more it was more how they were able to get these characters to interact and bounce things off of each other. <laughs> Sometimes they give them a prop or something like that, and it seems a little out of place. You play it, but that's not what makes the movie work. What makes the movie work is is just they have a they they're given a little bit of freedom to just uh, be so, themselves or be you know go with go with whatever they want to with so here's movies. here's a scene I, I i wanna i want to in my deepest soul hope that this was uh ad-libbed kind of on his own but the scene where chunk is giving away all his secrets they're like tell us all tell us everything kid and they do the whole blender putting the hand in the blender which fucking oh my god that is disturbing as fuck <laughs> when he does the whole theater thing where he talks about yeah <laughs> well just the whole like oh yeah he starts off my my daughter you know my sister this like just the whole thing going on like oh my god is so good so and i mean i love the reactions of the 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 fratellis when they're there the one the one brother is like I, i'm starting to like this kid 
you know, and just the whole thing. Uh, but like, I want, I deep down, I want to like, just like, they're like, okay, just tell us the fucking craziest shit you could think of. Like, <laughs> and, and, and he did that as an actor. Cause it was so good. It, it was acted so well, but then it also started me. What was it? Jessica Jones were the, where they put the guy's hand in the blender. I think that was part of was we just did I think we just did something recently where they there it's one of the shows where and it was like oh, when they show Yeah, that's right. It is and oh, so it's man, it's nasty God. what what he does to them. It's 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 who what's his it's name? It's like his, his own dad the, or something. Purple man. Yeah, he has him like delimbed yeah. and oh <laughs> But yeah, so but it it brought that back up when they were doing that, and I was like, oh, that's so cringy. Like, uh I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I I I've always had a fear of like uh, the the garbage disposal going off when you're trying to get something out of it. You know, it's just it it brings back that thought every time the blender. <laughs> but uh, that was such a cool scene for him. It's so, so he had some of the best lines and in, in some of the better uh, interactions. I mean, his whole interaction with Sloth is so good. And it's funny because when I start to think back, every time I think of Goonies, I don't ever think of Chunk as like, oh my God, he was such a great actor in this and he was so pivotal and everything. But looking back and talking about it more, he was like, he was such a pivotal point in this. Like it wouldn't have happened without him. And, and he was so good in all the stuff that he did where Mikey gets a lot of the good, you know, emotional roles um you know and and he's kind of the 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 steering wheel or the or the you know the pushing drive to get to to the the ship um you know but it's like it's actually chunk who really makes the whole thing kind of in the in a way happen uh one of one of the other scenes that i i love so much and every time i watch it it just it gets my 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 uh love of of memories and stuff going is uh this the um water slide <laughs> right where the the and and so um when i was younger uh me and my cousin who uh michael who was he's in a wheelchair my aunt would take us to water world or it was marine world at the time every year and it was back when there was more about animals and less about rides but they had water slides there and so i would spend you know like three quarters of the day with my cousin going around to do all the animal stuff. And then I would get like an hour or two to go on the water slides. And they had these, these just great, like fully enclosed water slides that, you know, you would go down and you're sure. just inside of it. And, and this is, this is before Goonies came out. This, this happened. This is back when it was still in the Bay area. Marine world was still over it. Like, um, close to Stanford in that area. And I just, freaking love that that was like such a cool time to me and so every time i watch these water slide scenes i just get this nostalgia feel like oh my god i'm i want to go down those water slides so bad those were so much so, fun. and i remember uh growing up there was a there was one nearby and they had an accident where i guess one of them fell and somebody oh yeah I, or maybe it was just in one of my you know, nightmares or something <laughs> like that. But, I, but, uh, but I, I, I remember somebody getting, you know, somebody dying on one of those things and it kind of spooked me and I, I would still, I would still do it, but, but I think <laughs> of course. That, that invaded more of my, uh, my nightmares than, than my fantasies of, of continuing to <laughs> track down water slides, uh, for fun. <laughs> right. No, I, I get you. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I didn't. I, I I didn't have any problems with them until late, much later when I was an adult. Uh, one of the ones <laughs> I used to go on a lot in Sacramento, um, there was a grad party um, where a bunch of kids decided to clog it up and see how many kids they could get, and it was up like four or five stories high, and it collapsed. Yeah. And like 30 kids fell. Um, I think there was a couple deaths and stuff. So I was like, oh, I've been down those slides. That's crazy. But then again, I mean, it's it's not the slide's fault. Like, you do stupid things, you win stupid prizes. Kind of like, it's not designed to have 30 people on it. Right. You know, that's why they go let you go one at a time. It's interesting when, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I was a lot more daring. I would, I, and I don't know if it was just because I was, stu- you know, young and stupid and, 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 uh, the, the world was my oyster or whatever you say. Uh, but now I don't think I do a lot of the things I did when I was a, was a kid and just didn't, you know, had kind of this freedom to like, you know, it it has to do with like, when you were a kid, you could fall off your bike at 30 miles per hour and get up and be like, Oh, okay. Uh, if you wake up too fast now, you're like, Oh shit, I'm, I'm sore. What the fuck? Uh, yeah. So that, I think that has true. a lot to do with right. yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's why so, am I not healing as fast? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as kids, we're all mutants and we all have this crazy healing ability and it goes away as soon as you hit about 25. <laughs> And then it keeps going even further. Um, yeah, so let's talk about some of the scenes because we haven't really talked about that. But, I mean, there's so many good things. Uh, we did mention a little bit about the the uh, wishing well, which is a crazy cool scene. Yeah. Um, You're right about the emotional impact of Mouth's little little, uh, little dialogue there when he talks about it. Yeah, his, and that's uh, a powerful one for him. But, um, and then you get Mikey, then on top of it comes up. You know, he, he has another one where he's talking about, like, you know, down here, it's our time and stuff like that. Yeah. And another another great speech and stuff like that. Well, that's his, um, that's his uh, you know, rally the troops where just like yeah. in, like in, uh, in uh, what's what's the Lord of the Rings when the when the king is, is oh. rallying the troops there. And, you know, that's a little flash forward to his, his star <laughs> role as um, in Lord of the Rings. Samwise. Samwise Gamgee. Oh, yeah. my God. So. Who actually is the hero of that story, if if you don't know that. He, yep. he, Frodo is nothing but a punk bitch, and <laughs> Sam is the one who made it all happen. You know, uh, to tie just... to, Frodo was played by – who played Frodo? Uh, I can't think of the actor's name, but he was in Radio Flyer, which was also directed by Richard Donner. So. <laughs> Circles there back, you go. You know, there you go. It does. It it always circles back. <laughs> um, so uh, I think I don't know if I said it. So when we get to the bottom of the the water slides, one of the things that does bug me about it is it's they all jump in the fir- same water slide, but then they come out of different holes at the bottom. I'm like <laughs> that, that's not that's not how water slides work, guys. It but could thank you. maybe it maybe it separated off at some point and we just didn't see that part and yeah that's gonna get someone t boned uh, on one <laughs> yeah. of those splits. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, it, it's cool. Uh, so apparently, um, one of the things that uh, Richard Donner did is he kept no, it wasn't that. It's not t boned. Someone the first one that goes through he triggers some sort of lever. Oh. You know this whole this whole all these these underground caves have levers that trigger something and that moves the that you know okay I'll, I'll give you opens a different door so I'll thank, give you that one thank you thank you I'll, I'll give you that one because yeah I mean a dying pirate's gonna think of all that because that's important <laughs> to make sure <laughs> um, but anyways uh, going back to it, uh, Richard Donner made sure that the kids never saw the um, ship yeah. until. 
that it was supposed to be that scene where they they come out and the first time they see it. Apparently, it was so mesmerizing and so shocking to him that uh, Jeff Brolin uh, said, "Holy shit!" Josh. In this, yeah, gotcha. uh, and they had to they had to reshoot it because because <laughs> his reaction was was so to in uh, the behind the scenes they didn't mention that part they just mentioned that Richard Donner says that all those shots of the kids when they see it that's all that's all real reactions but I didn't hear this part I guess yeah so I the very first reaction was not well maybe some of them were but yeah they had to, they also had to cut out <laughs> his reaction because it was literally holy shit uh, which I mean I get it. I think it's incredible that that was a fully built uh, pirate ship or a fully yeah. built galleon ship. Um, they even used parts of the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean ship that was being uh, dismantled or repaired at the time. So they actually have some some Disney uh, Pirates of the Caribbean props on there. Also, all of the skeletons on the pirate ship are actual skeletons. Even uh, One-Eyed Willie is a real skeleton. No shit. Yeah. How did they get away so, with that? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but that's uh, the only skeleton that is a uh, produced prop is the one of cop. Uh, what's um, Chester Copper? Copperf- yeah. So his was a uh, was a constructed one, but uh, One Eyed Willie was a real skeleton, and apparently Richard Donner kept the skull of One Eyed Willie. Um, which I thought I'm like, that's fucking pretty cool. Not only because it's like, okay, it's a good prop, but like, that's a very unique skeleton that had that, that skeletal deformity where it grew over the one eye. I, and I'm, this is all off of, you know, other people's word. And so, uh, you know, if it's untrue, then don't hold me to it, but this is what I've heard and I'm giving it to you as I heard it. Hey, you know, (laughs) it'd be nice if we could do that on our driver's license where we dedicate our our body to, oh, shit. to, to, to movie <laughs> making, you know, not, screw science. That would be so cool. <laughs> I would, I would only do that if I could get a credit though. Like, like right. dead soldier. Number three was played by deceased. Mr. Uh, Noah. <laughs> um, who's the actor Del? Uh, oh gosh. Del close is a comedian uh, that died back in 1999. And they're, they've got a, I know I, I just saw a little documentary clip. Uh, th- th- about a movie coming out, but he, when he died, I, uh, he died a little. I think he was in his in his fifties, uh, but he dedicated. He wanted his skull to be used in all the productions of Hamlet uh, that were going on at some place, and he wanted to be in the credits. Um, oh, that's awesome. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm looking it up here real quick because I, I thought Hamlet. Uh, he specified that he dully, he'd be dully credited in the program as portraying Yorick. So that was all kind of planned before his death. I wonder if they actually do it. Uh, this is Chicago's Goodman Theater. Um, I wonder if they. I, I hope they did because that, that would be that would be super cool. That would be a little um, creepy to hold up the skull to be or not to be, and to, and to know that this is a real a, a real dead guy used to have a brain in it. Well, we hope. I mean, he's a comedian. Doesn't always mean he's got a brain. I'm just kidding. Uh, One of the other coolest uh, characters in this entire thing um, is Sloth, who was played by uh, John uh, Matsuka. Matsuka, I think is his name. So he was actually an NFL football player um, for a couple years. 
a uh, really big guy, um, and he played for the the Oakland Raiders, which I thought was kind of cool. That's that gives us a little local touch to it. Um, lo- only, he was in. He's the only member of the Goonies that has passed, and he pl- passed pretty early after. You know, just uh, the no, there's after. a couple other the 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 mother. I don't. The, mean, the, no, I don't mean the. I mean members of the Goonies, the the kids. The oh, okay, okay, yeah. Because yeah, I think Sloth was an honorary Goonie after his whole adventure. You know, he, I'll give you that. Yeah, three other people. Only three other people now. Well, four now that the the director died had passed though, because they just. Uh, September of last year, they did one of those uh, reunion shows where they got together over Zoom and read read the script together, uh-huh. and uh, they had to replace three people uh, from it: the uh, sloth, the mother, and one other. Um, can't remember who it was, uh, but yeah, three people. Had, oh, the narrator apparently. The narrator. <laughs> I was like, is there, is there a narrator? Yeah, that? That's that's what I remember seeing from it, but I was like, oh okay, but yeah, because the, they said they they were talking. It's on it's on the wiki, I believe it's on the wiki because that's okay. I think that's where I read it. But um, so uh, he it was really cool because uh, if you look at uh, closely when they first show him and stuff like that before he reveals his Superman shirt, he's wearing an Oakland Raiders shirt. Which I thought was a, just a pretty cool thing that you know they let him kind of do that because he was an Oakland Raider. Um, one of the other things is is so he had to go through makeup and stuff like that. So he had the the prosthetic eye on the left side and then the ears and stuff like that. And so one of the things that I heard people commenting about and they didn't know about this, so they hadn't either heard someone else talk about it or read about it, was when he would blink, both eyes would blink at the same time. And so apparently the way they did this is they had someone off screen doing a countdown for him when to blink so oh, that he great. could blink <laughs> and, and coordinate with the, with the whoever was operating the, the prosthetic eye so that he would blink at the same time. And I was like, that's some cool. That, that's someone thinking yeah. like all the way through it. And uh, it's it just one of and him wiggling his ears. You know, people were talking about like, you know, I, I know some people, and, and I've been able to get mine to kind of move a little bit, but I was like, he's like waving with his ears. It's it's like yeah. some cool shit. So, uh, but he's just one of those. I loved how they connect, you know, really got you connected with that character so quickly. Um, because, you know, you know, here's someone with a deformity, and a lot in so many movies, you know, don't do don't show the humanity to people that, that have deformities or they or you know, yeah. horror movies and stuff like that. And with this one, they kind of, they, they tease it a little bit like here's this monster, but inst- <laughs> instantly there's a connection between sloth and chunk that, um, that you, you just, you want, you want sloth on your side. <laughs> well, they do it all with personality too. Like, yeah. I mean, originally when they show him, yeah, he's scary and, and, and that's okay. I, I mean, you're in a basement. The guy's chained up. He's kind of making noises. Yeah, first off, you're gonna be scared, and and there's nothing wrong with that. And I don't think that's a, a that's a bad thing. That's like, you know, people are oh that's you know that's wrong. PC wise, you be like oh you're treating a deformity. They're like no, if you don't know the person and you don't know what it is, you're gonna be fucking standoffish. I don't give a fuck. That's not being mean. That's just being safe. Yeah, but. Through the whole thing, and this is, you know, Chunk's in there, and, and yeah, the whole thing with the baby Ruth, which is, you know, he, he, I mean, he's scared at first, too, because, like, fuck, this thing's hungry, and he's going to eat me, but no, I got this candy bar, and we share it, and it's his natural um, enthusiasm and, and 
the way he picks him up and just like like holds him up as a hero yeah and laugh the the little laughter and stuff it's 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 infectious it's like oh my god it's so cool but yeah and and there's a lot of people that i don't want to say a lot of people because i didn't listen to that many podcasts but there's there's people out there that like oh my god it's so bad it's like you know know, they're they're treating this you know deformities as bad and it's like no 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 you don't get the whole gist of what this is is like they're 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 showing them in a good light you're you're bagging on the wrong idea here and so yeah it's it's my my problem with with people that think that way is like you're saying it's like saying like you can never show anything in any light unless it's just the shining light like you it's it's kind of like putting rose colored glasses on over everything nothing can ever be bad because realistically uh you know birth defects and stuff like that do have a bad side to them and you and if you don't show that you're kind of doing them a a justice you know it's not all fucking happy-go-lucky and you know and it's it's there's nothing wrong with showing it um you know especially where you do something like this where you show like hey yeah this is a natural reaction to what this is and then you realize that hey Behind it all, he's just a person. That's how that's how it should be shown almost. Yeah. Like there's, there's growth. It, you see the yeah. You see the yeah, evolution, and that's the evolution of their of, of their understanding. Yeah, and that that's the problem with the whole the whole woke crowd of like, oh, you can't treat anybody like like no, that's that's not actually true. Like sometimes treating everything like with, with kid gloves on is actually more detrimental to it than I, than, than what it would be i don't mind the whole woke movement what i do mind though is when th- those who follow this woke movement cast their judgment on people that aren't aren't woke uh, that yeah, i'm asleep like a motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yes no and, and that's that's kind of what i'm trying to say is like you you don't have to you don't have to treat everything with kid gloves to to be a good person and 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 know what's right and wrong. As a matter of fact, if you if you don't address some of the things that are blaring like that, you're actually doing them a disservice. And and I say this, you know, I grew up. My cousin uh, Michael, who's who's a year year and a half older than me, uh, he had cerebral palsy from like day one. So he's been in a wheelchair forever. Like he's, his legs have never worked and got mo- multiple other issues. And you know, it's one of those things is I've seen what he's gone through and, and I've known him forever. So it's never been different for me, but it's one of those is like, I didn't treat him any different as a kid. I still picked on him. You know, I, I treated him like a shithead when, you know, cause we were cousins, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was one of those like, and I think, you know, if I would have, if I would have just kid gloved him the whole time, it would have, it would have he wouldn't have got to be a kid too. He wouldn't have been part of the gang either though. If you were to just treat him like like a PC, you you know, with, yeah, no, no. I used to go over and we'd, we'd run around the neighborhood. I'd take him out in his wheelchair. We'd wheel around the neighborhood and just do all kinds of stuff. And every once in a while, I'd dump him into a bag of leaves or whatever, just cause you know, that's what (laughs) kids do. But yeah, and it was one of those things like, and then go home for dinner and leave him there. right? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I never did that. But it was one of those things too, that if, if I didn't, if, if I didn't stay out of arm's reach, he would fuck me up. Cause he had that crazy, like, and, and this, I, I'm, I'm not going to say the real word, but like I would normally say, but he had that crazy strength and you you know, (laughs) like if he got a hold of me, it was over. And, and you know, there's, there's a word for that, that people don't say anymore, but, um, 
I remember, yeah. <laughs> I remember in uh, in college, uh, there was a guy guy in a wheelchair that that uh, I used to pal around with, and and you know he, he, you know he had a car, so he could you know that that was custom that he could drive around all over and so he actually was 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 good to have because i didn't have a car <laughs> you know if I wanted to get around some places and stuff like that but i remember i had a i lived in a we rented a house with with a few roommates and another guy that was also in a lot of the same classes we were in and i remember pulling up and my roommate had a um wheelchair placard for his car mm-hmm. that he had gotten a hold of that he was abusing that he was just like he, he put on his car <laughs> so he could park place and i remember tim tim was this guy's name he's like when, when when he pulled up he was dropping me off he's like go get that for me he shouldn't have that it's like fuck you i'm not gonna go get that you go get it yourself <laughs> I, I refused to go get it but i did not have i didn't i didn't bat an eye when he got out of his chair wheeled around and uh, stole the stole the placard out and you know he tossed it yeah. in his car and took off and i remember <laughs> david was pissed he's like why didn't you stop him he's like i'm not gonna stop him <laughs> yeah he can take it if he wants to i didn't do it for him but hey i have no problem with him taking it yeah no well, and that's and that's i mean if he had an issue with it yeah that's good i'm glad yeah. i mean yeah, that's what it is. I give my my cousin mad props because he uh, he actually went to UC Davis, uh, got around on his own, lived. I mean, he he basically was he's out living. I mean, he's still alive today. He's he's fifty something. He's he's living a rough life because he, he keeps having some medical issues. But I mean, yeah. he's out there doing it. So good. He wasn't expected to make it past his teens, and he's he's fifty now, fifty one. So. But yeah, I, I, Sloth is such a good character, and I mean, we get into some of the other like uh, when he shows up and does the Superman thing. Uh, <laughs> he pulls his shirt open, has a Superman. Which, first off, great nod to the director, right? Because right. He, he did Superman. Sure. Uh, he does the whole uh, knife in the 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 sail and slides down the the sail, which you know was from the movie, uh, an Arrow Flynn movie that he was watching earlier. I thought that was I was that was super good, and just oh they actually showed that in, in Goonies I missed that, the, is that what yeah so it's when it's when, he was, when he's watching movies yeah gotcha. it's Errol Flynn and he does the whole thing so he does it exactly the same way I mean he's just he's he gets to be a superhero and yeah. it's just like and he just loves it and, and the the relationship between him and Chunk is so legit um, and my wife gave me shit about this last last night when we were watching it is. Uh, at the end where they're all they're all coming together and, and chunk go you know he gives him his little hey you're we're gonna we're gonna adopt you you're gonna come live with me and you know it's that moment where i go huh? you're crying i'm not i'm not crying you're crying and, and she's just <laughs> giving me shit about it i was like no i'm not i'm i'm just happy for you. but it was it was one of those like oh my god like you fucking bastards you're pulling out all those those fucking emotional heartstrings on me with it um well i mean it, it just it's so good what do you think about the the fratellis they kind of it was kind of a tightrope with their characters because obviously <laughs> they're kind of abusive abusive family the way they treat sloth that that they've just you know they chain them up they throw them in a cave and and say you know you're our we don't want to talk about you um and yet they still play them kind of as as comical caricatures um, so there was a very interesting turn in them like in the beginning they were very much more bad guy mobbish type you know criminals like very hardcore criminals but then yeah once they get down in the tunnels they become more slapsticky uh-huh. 
um slipping which, on the oil and you know you know oh we get a balls joke that's a, yeah, well yeah you, know. you got to get the ball joke you, know, you got to get <laughs> and, and they smash the shit out of them uh, <laughs> right well, well and then later on we get the pinches of power to uh uh johnny pants right uh john <laughs> pantalones uh you get that uh you get the pinches of power right to his groin so that's you know you get some of the slapstick but yeah it was one of those ones where it 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 changed in it's an interesting change because it's kind of like is it because in the beginning we don't see enough of them to be slapsticky but they're still kind of well i mean we kind of do because the one brother won't open the door so he has to climb up over the hood and go through the top you know right. so it, it's a little silly uh it, i think it works I, I think I think they play good bad guys in this that where you're 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 worried enough about it to get away from them, but you're not so scared that you're like, I can't watch this anymore. Um, and it's not so unbelievable when they do smash their groins or do any of the <laughs> other uh, silliness that, you know, that happens. I mean, they're bad. And I mean, they take a shot at them like they shoot the gun at them. So they're, they're definitely like, oh, OK, they're a little bit legit. It, it, it's interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know how you could improve it or, you know, I, I really don't know what, what would be like, Oh, it, this needs to happen. And this would make them so much better. I think they do a good job with them that they're, that they're scary enough, but they're also not so scary that it's like, I can't do this anymore. It's so unbelievable. Like realistically, I mean, they're real, real bad guys. They would have just shot them when they gave them water. I mean, if you really think about it, if they were really so badass, like real hardcore criminals, they they literally would have just killed them when they got water, and we wouldn't have had any of this fucking movie. So, <laughs> so, it, yeah. it's, so they wouldn't have made it, and and uh, we'd have been done with it. I, yes, but I like. Um, let's talk about the casting of them because you you mentioned Joe. Uh, <laughs> Pant they call him Joey Pants. Joey Pants, okay. I he's <laughs> in one of my favorite movies, Midnight Run. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but oh, I thought you were gonna say The Matrix. He is in The Matrix he's, too. Yeah, he's in The Matrix. He's the he's the shithead in The Matrix, the one you want to punch. Isn't he in that uh, crime uh, drama, the the one on HBO, The Sopranos? I think he is in The Sopranos. Um, yes, but Midnight Run is 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 a classic movie and and he's got a great role in that where i think he's the uh he's uh robert de niro that's robert de niro and and charles groden yeah uh, um another movie that he plays he plays eddie in the midnight run i'm looking at his imdb right now so okay. his top four movies are memento the matrix midnight oh, run memento, that's and right okay and bad boys he was the uh, the uh, detective or boss cop, whichever, uh, in uh, Bad well, we Boys. Just, hey, we just reviewed Tenet uh, about a, yep. a month and month or so ago. That's the same director as as Memento. So, yes, connecting the dots Chris here. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes circle. It's like uh, uh, one of these days we're gonna have six degrees of how we seize it. <laughs> well, that, that's what I remember originally when we started this podcast. I was I was considering that as a name rather than how he sees it, just six degrees of how he sees it and to kind of try to tie uh, things together. But it got, it was a little corny. So I, I like, throwing you know what? Okay. That actually is a good idea. So if you've ever listened to, it's called, uh, um, Oh, what is it? It's uh hero movie hero podcast, uh, HMP hero movie podcast. Everyone they do. One of the guys ties 
whatever they're doing back to Sylvester Stallone. And it is one of the fucking best <laughs> things of the whole pot. It is so funny because he goes, he, he just goes into these deep dives on these different people. And it's so funny. So, yeah, but it's more it of takes my for 80s and 90s movies. Once I got, yeah. <laughs> that's when I worked at, I worked at Blockbuster in, in the 90s and, and, and the, and the 2000s, uh, you know, the, the aughts or whatever you call those. Um, so, so all my movie knowledge, you, you, that's when you called me IMD Steve. Uh, but once we got in, you know, later years, <laughs> yeah. that when I was raising the kids and I was completely yeah. detached from music and movies. That's when you're IMD so, dad. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you're from IMD Steve to IMD so dad. So is right up my alley with connecting all these people together, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, for me, uh, the biggest role for him is Matrix and that's just because that's, I mean, that's another one of my favorite, and someday we'll we'll cover that. Uh, I think I think we need to go on a Keanu Reeves uh, kind of run, where we got to hit some John Wicks, some Point Break, some you mean uh, just Matrix. Like a, one one podcast, a big Keanu no. Reeves fest, or just no? I'm talking like a month long. Just oh, so Keanu you're talking Reeves like another MCU fest. part two, Keanu yeah. Reeves, <laughs> Keanu Reeves love fest. Because I mean, there's I mean, Bill and Ted. There's just there's so many movies that he's done that have been epic. And then there's so movies, many, many movies that he's done that have been epic, epically bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we can cover all of it. Bram Stoker's Dracula and his, his right. British, British accent in that. <laughs> what was well, that? and then was... point, point break. I am an FBI agent. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. But it's still a great movie. It, so and, yeah. But then, but, what was that recent movie that was on Netflix about uh, a couple years ago, where he plays himself? He plays Keanu Reeves, and and he's oh, like, uh, it's. Well, it, it sounds great though. It's a comedy, and he ends up trying to uh, date someone, uh, and and then it, it gets goes. He 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 overplays himself. He like he like takes his Keanu Reevesism and 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 raises it up to 11 for the, for some of the scenes he's in it's hilarious. Is so, that uh always always be maybe? That sounds right. Well it says he plays Keanu Reeves in Always Be Maybe so that must be it, it was right after uh John Wick 3. Yeah, who else is in that? That's it's got I have no idea. I'm uh, I'm just looking at I'm looking at his IMDb. Okay. Yeah. Um it's probably Oh yeah, that's probably it. That's probably it. Uh Ali Wong, Randall Park. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a fun romance, but uh, his he, he kind of I, I he kind of steals. That's his MCU uh, tie-in right there with Randall Park, who plays. He's, he's in uh, he's in Wandavision, right? Wandavision. And well, yeah, he was in Ant Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I would love to do some. Keanu Reeves to me is just one of those guys and the more I uh, the more I learn about him the the more I like like he is one of those guys that I would love to you know if you, you there's say you know you get it you get to spend a week with a uh, superstar or something like that Keanu Reeves was one of those guys that would be a fun hangout like you get to go shoot some guns you do some jujitsu go hike some mountains you know ride a bus eat some ice cream he's just one of those guys that's just super laid back but does all this really cool stuff too um yeah, I, I could see hanging out with him. I'm looking oh, at uh, at uh, an article from February of this year where he was offered a role in a new Spider-Man movie, talking Ooh. about an MCU tie-in. The popular Hollywood star has been reportedly been offered the leading role in Sony Pictures' Spider-Man spinoff movie, Craven. But that's Sony. 
Oh, that's well. Okay, no. So but that's the idea. Mikey, so wait. Yeah. So here, here's the deal with with Sony and MCU. Uh, MCU adds a lot of the writing, directing, and stuff like that. But Sony gets to put their name on it and and bankroll it. So before all the previous Superman mo- or Spider Man movies were made by Sony and they're bombed. The latest ones were connections that were, were tied together Sony and and MCU or, or Disney Marvel and so that's what they're doing now so um, Craven Craven is a uh, Spider-Man um, villain so uh, that could be cool I, I could see that where did I, I, Constantine I, is that based on a comic book yes yes that is also based on a, a that's comic DC book. though okay Can yes we, okay all right so he has been in the comic book uh, world and I think a lot of people want to see another Constantine movie too. Right? It was actually I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, I, I he did. He, I well, mean, we gotta no... save some of this for our Keanu podcast. <laughs> so exactly, <laughs> I, I definitely want to do it. I mean, John Wick is definitely up there for sure. All right, let's get. We were talking about uh, the the um, the brothers. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to talk about. Uh, the we got the brothers and then the uh, yeah right the the oh the Fratellis uh, okay. Fratelli brothers, and then you got you got uh, Anne Ramsey playing Mama Fratelli. So all, yeah, and to me, uh, she's always throw Mama from the train. <laughs> yeah, um, which it's one of those it's it's one of those roles where it's like you did a great job in that, and you did such a good job that it's hard to like you anymore because she was so fucking annoying. You're like, yeah. yeah, throw that bitch from the train. <laughs> um, but one of the funniest things I saw about this, and it just made me laugh, was there's a couple scenes where she slaps one or one or the other of the 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 brothers, and so apparently one whoever was directing at the time told her to slap the shit out of him, like literally slap him as hard as you can. So she did, and there's a couple of them where you can see like she 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 winds up and swings so hard that she like gets the uh, headphone wire from one of the other ones and it just rips it out of his what uh, oh, really? man that he's in. <laughs> and and there's all these little things that you pick up but yeah she smacks every time she smacks those guys it is a legit smack it's and not joey like the a pants, Hollywood... his hair keeps falling off too every time right <laughs> yes. what did you call him joey the pants Joey, Joey Pants. Joey Pants. That's, okay. <laughs> apparently, that's that's what he goes by too, because people can't say Pantalone. I, yeah, I can't say it either. <laughs> so it's, it's Joey Pants. Um, and then uh, Robert Davi, who was the other brother, um, he does all the the kind of opera singing in it. Apparently, yeah. he is a fully trained opera singer, and that was all kind of put in because of the fact that he he was able to do that. You know, and so I think I think that's kind of cool that you know they just there's some of the stuff that's in this that is just so fun and what they did. Uh, I mean, we we also have some just stupid creep factors like you know we we got the um, the main the main villain I guess it's Troy. Uh, he's the he's the 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 jock with the car that's trying to look down Andy's, which she says. Look down my shirt, but the cutaway shows, to, the, yeah, shows him not trying legs, to look up his you know, skirt, yeah. yeah. So it's like I'm like okay, but I mean she might not know what he's trying to look at. Right. He she might just think he's, and then uh, but yeah, he plays it. He he plays kind of a good douche that you don't like. Um, definitely should have been brought up on murder charges or uh, attempted murder for the whole pulling him on the bike thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty brutal. He just takes him off a cliff. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he definitely plays a, a douchebag, which is kind of, uh, some people brought up the fact because he's the one that's on the toilet when it when it blows up and throws him out, which is, is one of those goofy scenes where it's like, for one, it's totally stupid because water doesn't work that way, but. He's also looks or, like he has a diaper on, like it's like it's like his pants. He has like his, his shirt he has, is stretched down to cover. He has his, his underwear. He has his underwear still up. And so <laughs> there was one podcast I was listening to. There, they went on for like ten minutes about him shitting his underwear, like just shitting in his underwear and like throwing his underwear away. Like he's so rich that he can just buy a new pair of underwear every time he's got a shit. And I was like, okay, that's getting old. But it's it was kind of funny the first time, but it's getting kind of old. But yeah, it, it's. Well, could you imagine yeah. directing that scene? It's like, okay, we got this great scene. We're going to show someone being shot off a toilet as the water comes spewing up. And and how do you dress the person? You know, it's like, well, just tuck your shirt under your junk. It's like, and and yeah, you're not going to get a dick shot when the guy shoots off. Yeah. But at the same time, it looks it looks so much more ridiculous that yeah. you know, they, they well, should have yeah. done something to, to cover I, it. <laughs> I think it would have been better just to have him in a urinal. And like, just have it shoot him back, and he like flies across the room and hits the wall, or just because then just, would... just do a shot outside with the door closed and show the guy flinging up, flinging <laughs> that would have been great above, too ab- above the uh, the stall, you know, you know, and, and <laughs> like, then you can, and then you can just blur out whatever you want, or you know, no, you you have him hit the ceiling, so you just see the top of his body hit the ceiling, <laughs> and then he crumples down, and then he's like, top of his body slides out from under the door, and just kind of this crumpled wet mess. That would see. That's why you are the the movie guy, Steve. That would have been that would have been so much better. These are the uh, cutaways. This is the second unit that has to go shoot that you get stuck with. Right. whatever they come up with. Well, so the, the other one that bugged me, and 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 I don't know, maybe maybe this is just a holdout from I don't know how old Steve uh, Spielberg was, but so when when Andy is being, you know, they're gonna bring him up. She she sends up a a sweater, like right. a sweater. He yeah. has he has like, his. She puts it over the bucket, right? Yeah. He has his Letterman jacket on, but the sweater comes up and has his name. I'm like, I don't know anything from like other than early Greece where like jocks wore sweaters, but they didn't have Letterman jackets also. It was like the the sweater be kind of came the Letterman jacket, which was the leather arms with the, the fabric middle, which is what he was wearing. That's what I had it in high school. So I was kind of confused. Maybe, I was like, maybe it's an Oregon thing, an Astoria thing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> I, rich pampered I, thing or something. Do you too. think they filled the bucket with coins or something like that? Because to me, it was <laughs> That's like, the other thing. how the, how the hell did they not know she wasn't coming up on that bucket? Cause he's like, an idiot. <laughs> he's an idiot. I mean, even with coins, we, it's only going to be about what, we, you know, we, know he's an idiot though that's they play that up for a hundred percent he's not very smart he's just all about daddy's money so yeah it's it's he's he doesn't know the difference between a human body and a sweater so yeah he (laughs) i yeah he definitely makes a good jerk and 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 his buddies so it, it works it works for the amount of screen time he's on and i'm glad that they got rid of him after that and it's like okay we're done let's move on so one of the other the cutscenes, if, if you haven't seen the octopus, you probably haven't seen that. Where they're at the convenience store, he actually has a much bigger role, and I think they cut it because it didn't work with the rest of how they meet up. But they they're at the convenience store, and all the kids are there, and he comes in with Andy and Steph and starts picking on them. 
and like he's literally like just pushing him around and pushing mouth down and then he's got he's got Mikey like I think he's picking him up by his collar and threatening him and stuff and then you know Brand shows up and is like nobody hits my brother but me kind of thing and so it shows it shows the the turmoil between them really well and, and it's good for that but it also kind of screws up the fact that the kids get to the to the house without Bran interfering you know so it, I can see why they cut it it, it sucked because it had a really good story part to it, but it also would have messed up the the play of the film a little. But it all and it also, I mean, in that they they have uh, Mikey's looking at some topographical maps, and that's kind of how he figures out where the the coastline where they're supposed to go to find everything is. Um, it's where Chunk gets the baby Ruth. They, right. they, okay. it's funny like if you watch it uh, Data's up at the, the register and he's like haggling with the, the, the clerk he's like what about three candy bars for a dollar fifty and the guy's like how about two candy bars for two you know just going back and forth <laughs> and it's, it's one of those ones where they're all talking over each other so you kind of have to listen for exactly what it was but it's this this whole haggle system thing and it's, it was kind of funny um, but that's one of those cut scenes that, that didn't make it um would have would have made Troy have a bigger impact as being a jerk other than the fact that, you know, he's just a perv asshole that, you know. <laughs> One of the things that kind of bugged me about a lot of these 80s movies, and I even look at uh, the Indiana Jones series, especially not Raiders Lost Ark, I thought had an authentic feel to it. But when they got into some of their later movies, the, uh, the special effects started getting a little more campy. It, things, the sets seemed more uh, like they were in a studio. They just came across as, here's a big studio set. Uh, like if you look at Temple of Doom and they've got the big, um, the lava with the guy uh, that's that's chained, that gets dropped down to the lava and the guy that's pulling his heart out and stuff. That was just this huge set on a, on a, on a studio or it felt that way. And, mm-hmm. and I kind of got that a little bit impression with Goonies too, when they're in all the caves, which I love at the same time, there was something that was a little campy about it that didn't quite fit with the the reason why I liked the movie was the authentic energy between how the the characters uh, interacted. Um, so what do, what do you think about that? I thought the caves worked well enough that I didn't feel like it was a set uh, because they kept moving to different scenes. The biggest one that to me definitely <laughs> it goes back to the one we talked about earlier with the pipes. Um, you don't walk into a room with just pipes like that in in that right. like they're they're in one small little 12 foot section and they're moving all these pipes but it's moving pipes all over the fucking city it it didn't it it didn't really make sense like you know they're pulling on them and they start pulling out of the showers and stuff it, it, that was a little campy and and one of the slapsticky one of the things that i think sometimes these movies miss are the big um you know, the shots that kind of give it an idea of the scope of the size of everything. And Goonies worked in the end when it revealed the big ship because it's that that's a huge set. You know, you really got a sense of the scope and everything. Whereas one of Spielberg's movies that I'm not a big fan of uh, was the the Robin Williams, uh, Peter Pan movie. Uh, What's it called? Hook. Hook. Which I love, I love Hooks. I love uh, Dustin Hoffman's performance. He's he's, <laughs> he's he's great, and Smee. The two of them work great together. But to me, that film, from a directing standpoint, felt like a bunch of big sets 
yeah tied together by matte paintings that showed you know peter pan flying in between the, the matte painting or something you, like that you know what it made me think of was like okay they're setting up a area at disney that they're gonna put these like oh that's good gonna... point right here's gonna be our new uh you know fantasy land that's gonna feature yep. captain hook and and yeah you're right and they've done things like that they created and that's what it felt like to me yeah. exactly and then, but yeah, I, Tom I know Sawyer's what Island into into uh-huh. you know Pirates of the Caribbean uh-huh. Island or whatever the the yep. whatever they turned it into. Yeah, you're right. They they market their their movies so that they can get make more money at their theme parks. <laughs> I I think they did a, I think they did a good job. I mean, once they're down in the tunnels, it's kind of hard because they're in tunnels. I mean, tunnels aren't big. I thought they did a good job with like the opening scene where they're running through the city. I thought was a great like widescreen and stuff like that. Um, when they're when they're outside the house, I think they did a lot of big, big epic, you know, like scenery shots and stuff like that that made it work. Um, but once they get down to the tunnels, uh, I thought when they were moving through, I thought it felt right because it was kind of going through tunnel through tunnel. Like I said, the only one that really made no sense to me was the pipes. Um, now I thought the the wishing well was a perfect one. Yeah, you know, that was beautiful. Yeah, I love the the, the bone organ. Um, I thought that was that to me was such and, a the and even an when adventure I was a kid, game. Even when I was a kid, I guess I was 15 years old. I I had a problem with what uh, Andy <laughs> says because she says I can't tell if it's an I was going to ask you about that A sharp or B flat. Which even at the time I knew that they were the exact same note. So what the fuck is she talking about? Yeah, but if you're wrong, we're all going to be flat. <laughs> <laughs> Not no, it's funny. A lot of people brought that up, and I would have, kn- I would have not known. And, I, um, but I, you, but you know, it's a joke. So I mean, that, yeah. that was the, that the writer of it put it in there as a, as a, as a. But when it, she I, said, she said from the beginning, she was, uh, she only took lessons at like what into sixth grade. So she yeah. wasn't a, per, per, you know. No, it's meant, super. I, I think it's meant to be a little bit more of a nod to the fact that she's she's a little you know, a little dumb and, and it's, it's I don't just, take it that she was dumb. It was more like she hasn't done piano lessons in like six years. Right. Oh, that's, that's, that's perfect. Yes. Yeah. But did people in podcasts complain that the script writer didn't know the difference between an A sharp and a B? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. See, you know, that, that, no, that doesn't. Uh, a lot of people yeah. were like complaining about that. Like, especially people, they're like, you that's have musical the- producers <laughs> that are there that know. And I was kind of like, uh, I was like, wait, is it the same note? What, now, okay, so and this is one question that I got asked, and maybe you can answer it. Do they actually have different um, annotations in music? Like, if you were writing music and you wanted someone to play an A sharp or a B flat, are they actually? Do they look identical on sheet? Well, or they, okay, on the sheet they do. Yes. So if okay, you know, but uh, well, no. No, because you could put you could put a note with a with the the flat symbol, or you can put a note with the with a sharp symbol. You know, one off. But and and I I I do guitar a lot. I took piano when I was a kid at this time. So yeah. So, this, so I'm not I'm not the expert here. But well, um, was, that's what people were saying. It's the same key on a piano. Yes, the, it is. It is the same key. A flat and a sharp just, is. Is is basically yeah. So like on a piano, one half. It's the black. It's the uh, the uh, the black key, uh, right? Because the note is the white, and then the the sharps or the flats are either one up or one down. And so if you're <laughs> a, an A sharp, you know you're going to be one up. So here was another one that people had an issue was is that she was playing chords, 
but the music was written in tone, like uh, individual notes. Was it? But she was, but she was playing chords. <laughs> That's true. You're right. <laughs> so uh, that was another one that people had issues with, and I was like, "It's a fucking movie." I, I mean, it's. But I mean, it's, it's nitpick. Well, it's like me picking up on like, okay, you just shot a uh, a round, but when you, the round hits the ground, it still has the bullet in the casing. People that don't know are like, oh my god, that's so yeah. cool. And I'm like, no, no, they didn't shoot anything. <laughs> they just yeah. emptied their chamber. <laughs> so I, I get it. it. It's it's what you're into and what you know, uh, picking holes apart of of different things. Um, I mean, I could probably go into some of the boat the boat knowledge. You know, you know, there was some things with walking the plank that uh, they had some uh, editorial issues. The the first scene, her hands are tied, oh. and then and then she jumps, yeah. her hands are crossed, and then they're tied again. And I it, loved <laughs> I loved Mikey's intuitive understanding that you don't touch uh, one eyed Willie's gold that's that's balanced. He's like that, leave that there. And I remember even seeing it for the first time, and how I just kind of got chills when he said that. It's like, oh, that's right. I, I don't, yeah, no, you know, take anything else, <laughs> not that. And of course, well, the Fratellis go okay. straight for that. <laughs> but here's the thing: if he would have grabbed that, they would have been the free. boat would have started <laughs> going. The Fratellis would have never got on it. The kids would have had the yeah. whole boat to themselves and claimed all of it. And they could have owned Astoria. Yeah. So you almost want it to be more of a booty trap, you know, to <laughs> exactly. Um, it's booby trap. That's what I said, <laughs> guys. Um, so one of the other things was that someone brought up the fact that uh, just because they had the jewels doesn't mean they get to keep them. They were like, oh, no, that's state of Oregon. And so one of the guys that I listened to <laughs> went and looked up. Uh, Oregon State law about finding treasure and there's this whole thing written like it actually has to be hidden like either buried or whatever the person has to be like there's this whole thing but literally those kids that that's their treasure by law like it, it belongs to them now and I was like that's fucking cool all of you it know, or it, just the marble bag at least the marble bag <laughs> uh, it would all depend on who was able to get aboard the ship first would then be able to claim the ship if they got out to it. So, okay. um, but then again, if it gets out two miles and it's international waters, I, I don't know what, uh, maybe it's five miles. It's been a while since I've, I've, I've read up on that stuff, but if, as long as it's within a certain distance of the shore, it's still considered us waters. But what once if, it gets out far enough, it's, it's international waters. What about now? What happened to the Fratellis at the end? Did they get, they get arrested. Okay, so that's another one where people had an issue, uh, and this is going off of today's, and, and everybody's like, oh, my God, everything's so bad with cops, is, you know, Sloth walks up there, and the cops freak out a little bit, and he picks the one cop up and starts shaking him, and they're like, that would have been suicide by cop right there. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, except for we're talking some Andy Griffith motherfuckers yes, here. Yeah, you're talking small uh, town. Well, <laughs> at least at the time where you didn't have the internet that kind of showed. Right. You, you know, uh, I think that's kind of opened up the, the world. They're like, you would have gotten all those kids shot because they would have jumped in the way. It just. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, yeah, but okay, remember, this is a, a happy family movie. Okay. Yes, bad shit happens in the real world, but we don't go to movies to see real world. Otherwise, we would never have any of the MCU or any of this other fucking crazy shit that everybody wants to watch. Yeah, and this was a small town. I think I think you... you it still you, is. You don't, you don't ex Well, yeah, but now, 
a, a police force. Even in 2021, it still is. No, I know, but a small town is different these days because it is it is exposed to the world. Whereas back in 85, you're exposed to television world. You're not exposed to the, the, the yeah, but I still news think, cycle. And I think, I I still th- think, I think the even, police, I think it was realistic how the cop would have been like, what the hell? But I think now you might've gotten shot if- I, I don't even know if now a lot, okay. I, th- I think, uh, I think even small towns now, and and not even some big towns. Not every cop is gonna pull like. Not every cop is thinking, "Oh God, I got to shoot every person." Okay. You know, oh my God, my you jumped. I got to shoot you because my life was in danger. I don't believe that's the case. I think it's a it's a small majority, especially in small towns. In in a situation like this, I don't think that would be the case. Either way, it's it's one of those things. Is uh, it it led to the story? It was great. One of the other things is like, why did the Fratellis walk towards the police? Like, there's that whole fucking beach behind them. Why didn't they walk the other way? Did they? Have, I think it's, did they have treasure on them? They didn't say if the Fratellis ever did. They never they, really addressed they took them all, afterwards because they took all the treasure. I'm I'm just curious if if the cops and this is to your point about about treasure law in Oregon. Yeah. If if they had treasure on them that they had stolen from the Goonies. Do the Goonies get to recover it as part oh, of Oh, that's a good point. Oregon treasure law. So <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that maybe there was, and that's why they knew that they could rip up the whole. Uh, uh, what I can't even think of what what it was he was trying to sign the the whole. Uh, well, that the house was being foreclosed on for the. Yeah, but what the, is it? What is it called? The papers that he was signing. Just the I guess the papers that he had enough. Not a fo- foreclosure notice. Yeah, uh, from from the the peanut gallery out in the living room. Uh, so the interesting <laughs> thing is, is when he when he rips I said it up it twice. No, you didn't hear me. <laughs> I, well, I, I wanted to give peanut gallery some uh, credit there. Okay. Um, <laughs> peanut gallery, me, my wife. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Like this is one of those scenes where you can definitely tell that someone threw extra papers because it's like you rip it up and you see the one hand go up and then like. Four to f- yeah, you did like a full foot behind him. There's a whole other set of. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. I was like, "That's pretty good." Um, and one of the Spielberg other cool off to the side, saying, "We need more paper." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the cool scenes. Uh, there's the the bat scene when they're in the 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 caves, and uh, <laughs> the one so they, right in front of them. <laughs> yeah, which was a pretty bad. But apparently, the ones that come out of the the hole, apparently, what they did is they cut up a bunch of crepe paper. And shot it out with like a uh, like a, a vacuum gun or, or a, an air gun kind of thing, like they made like a big blower, and it just looks so perfect coming out. But yeah, then you have the ones that are like floating right in front of them, and then you, you seal st- strings on them. It is what it is. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other scenes. Uh, I mean, we talked about mouth. Uh, there's there's the iconic. Uh, him speaking Spanish to the to the maid, uh-huh, and the the lines, yeah, the uh, the lines, just just ridiculous. Like, holy crap! Like, I, and the fact that she stays, you're like, okay, you really need the job. I got you. <laughs> I got it. Um, I know his torture chamber and yeah, I yeah the yeah. sex slaves and all that. And she's just like, whoa, dos mio. <laughs> uh, um, so good though. Uh, it's it's well, I love the fact too that she's one of the people that's introduced in the very beginning, right? Because she's in the middle of the street when the cop cars, the 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 Fratellis first go by, and then the cop cars, and she's like stuck in the middle of the road. You know, they, they do such a good introduction with that. The only one that really fails, I think, um, because there's no payoff of, of any understanding of it is um, Steph. 
apparently she she's like bobbing for crabs. Like she sticks her head in a bucket of water, like a, like a big barrel of water, and comes up with a a, a crab. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. So if if you talk, if you watch the whole beginning, right? There's the whole cops chasing the Fratellis, right? And through each part of it, they're showing all the characters that are later on going to be part of the show, right? Uh, Mouths with his dad uh, doing um, plumbing stuff. He t- turns the TV off and the, the sirens are still going and he bangs it. Then he goes back and looks in and the water shoots out of the right, right. sink, which is once again how, not how water works, but um, it, it's a good gag. And then you got the pizza smash from, from Chunk and then... Uh, Rosalita in the road, but apparently they go by Steph and she's out on a dock with a barrel and she just sticks her head in it and comes up with a crab. And she doesn't ever pay off later. And so many people gave crap to the they're like, Is is she taking horror baths in like crab water? <laughs> what is she, what is she, she bobbing for crabs? What the hell's going on here? Well maybe apparently maybe it ties to the octopus scene or you know. Uh what they're saying is 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 I don't know if there was ever a scene that really did it, but there was a book written off of the playwright uh, or the original story, the okay. screenplay that was released uh, at or around the time of, of the it being released for, for sh- uh, viewing. And apparently uh, the backstory is, is her father is a fisherman and part of her job is to separate the lobsters from the crabs um, and, and so originally she was supposed to be like in this whole scuba gear suit and then like actually jump in a tank and then come up with them. But apparently they didn't have enough money or time to do all that. So they just had her stick her head in a bucket and, and pull out a crab. But like I said, it's just kind of like one of those, it, it's funny listening to other people talk about it. Cause they, I mean, they were going on and on about just some craziness with it. It's, it, it's like, funny. Cause I just watched it a couple of days ago and I can't, I can't, you can't even that. imagine I can't that. Remember that scene, <laughs> so uh, I, may, I might have to go back and check it out just to see how it seems well, out of it, place. <laughs> yeah, but they do. They show all of the. They they show almost. I think all of the main characters at some point interacting. You can get with. away with stuff at the beginning of movies that you know, even if they don't have any payoff later. It's just it, you're just introducing characters and putting them in mm-hmm. funny situations just to so the audience sees them and oh here's a character we're introducing <laughs> and then you forget yeah. about him until the story starts you know yeah i can't think of any other iconic scenes that we we haven't really touched on at all that like is, really is there a character you connect with most or that you kind of see as uh, or that you aspire geez. to to be so i was i was kind of a mix um of 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 well, it depends on the age too. So later off on in life, like like high school, I was more of brand. I was definitely more the yeah. the jock, like trying to keep you know my friends and out of danger. But when I was younger and and kind of doing more stupid stuff, I would probably be more of a mix of Mikey Mouth and Chunk. Oh, all of them. Yeah, well, I had bits of like I wasn't as smart ass as 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 Mouth, but I would. I definitely gave my friends a lot of shit. Yeah. Like I was, I was one that would definitely pick on my friends a lot in a fun way and, and just give them ribbing. Uh, I was also, um, until I got into high school, I, I wasn't fat, but I was not skinny either. I was, I was kind of, yeah, I wasn't chunk, but I was, 
or wasn't a skinny kid. Mm -hmm. So I had a little bit of that and I liked to eat. And, you know, I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm going to lick ice cream that I don't own kind of stuff where I can smell ice cream from another room, (laughs) but uh, I could eat. Um, But I was more like Mikey in a way where I was always imaginative about adventures we could have. Like one of the, one of my just fondest memories of, of being up in Lake Tahoe with my dad visiting um, my aunt Patty and my cousin Carrie, uh, we would uh, go out. She lived in these apartments and they had this, this epic fucking like wooden play structure. And uh, I remember going out there and it was just the two of us and we had, God, it seemed like forever, but it was probably just a couple hours that we had this epic story going on about being, you know, pirate ships and, you know, we couldn't touch the ground and all this craziness and like just, but it was just all imagination. I mean, it was a hundred percent, you know, other than the play structure, it was, it was all imagination of everything else was going on, but it was all driven from like want to have adventure kind of thing and stuff like that. And I remember doing stuff like that with, with everything. I remember, uh, going out and, and I, I know I've, I've told you this story, but, uh, me and a couple of my friends, we, we swam out to an Island in the middle of the, the Sacramento river, um, and slept on this Island for two days under this fucking train bridge in the middle of a fucking river. Like how we survived. And, and like, you know, if, if I knew my kids were doing some shit like that, I'd be like, what the fuck are you thinking? But like, <laughs> that was the kind of shit we did. And, you know, it, I didn't even think twice about stuff like that. I was all about just going out and doing it. So to me, that's kind of Mikey, you know, he has that, that, that adventurous mind and stuff and, and, and ready to do that. And just whatever comes, comes kind of thing. I'm, I'm, I'm here for the adventure. So that's why I would say I, I'm a mix of the three, I think. Cool. What about you? I would go with a mix of Mikey and data. Um, I was a little brother, so I, I totally Mikey's, <laughs> you know, his his relationship with his older brother. I, I you know, my I, I get along great with my older brother, but you know, at the time, uh, he I was I was a little little twerp, um, <laughs> but yeah, that that would be a little annoying. But I don't think I was I you know I didn't have my breather. You know, he's got the little um, asthma, the... asthma asthma medicine. I I didn't have any problems like that. I but I was. And I don't think I was quite as, I don't, I wasn't adventuresome. I, that's why I, I resonate a little bit more with data as far as I would like to do my own little thing. I, with movie making, that's when I, you know, I started, yeah. I started having lots, lots. You're more the inventor, the but inventor I, rather yeah, than the I adventurer. Remember, I remember, you know, I, I loved building things with Legos when I was really young and I, I would, I would rig, I, I remember seeing Nightmare on Elm Street and I built my own gloves with knives on them and stuff because that was, that was important. I had to have my own set. Yeah. I remember. Well, you got to have in the house. I remember rigging up light switches so that for my bed, I could turn my light off and on, you know, because the string <laughs> goes up and around and over and down and stuff. That sort of stuff. I love doing forts and, and crazy stuff like that. I wasn't quite as, quite as inventive as data. You, you didn't but, have no uh, pictures of power or yeah, some no slick shoes. Power. But, but I like that sort of stuff. But, but at the same time, um, uh, Mikey, I think I think they built the the movie around characters that would resonate with people uh, for a reason. Yeah. You know, you you kind of want to have his sense of wonder. I think I had his sense yeah. of wonder, but I don't. I I didn't have an avenue necessarily to 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 chase that that. And, and I, I think didn't, all I of have, them. I didn't have a map. I didn't have a, a road <laughs> map or a pirate's map to follow. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, realistically, the 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 girl characters were a little weak on on body as far as you know. It it was more guy centric as far as which which when sucks you in body, a way. You're not talking about physical body. You're talking about just no the, I, I, character the, body. Character, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no. They had fine bodies for who they were. I mean, um, but it was like they didn't. I mean, they weren't. Sh- I won't. I don't want to say they weren't strong females because they. I mean, they went through everything, but you know, they didn't have the the character growth that some of the others did. Where and and the mouth to me, even though I see myself a lot, you know, there's a lot about him that I saw myself. He kind of was a shithead character. There wasn't a lot about him. I mean, he had the one little bit of a line, and it's kind of it's kind of you know, or not conceited, but. What's the right word? Where it's all about him, ego, like he just egocentric. Was, yeah, yeah, he, he definitely. And, and he wasn't the greatest character. But I would say all these characters kind of had egos. They were, but that—that's when you're a child. The the world revolves around you. You're not as. Uh, I mean, I, you, you, no, I, I disagree. Okay, I disagree because none of the others really showed an ego, like like. Mouth did. Mouth was all about himself in a way. Like, I mean, other than the small little bits he showed where you kind of could tell, like, oh, I like this girl, so I'm going to pick on her. He didn't really do a lot outside of that as far as, like, okay, hardcore friendship. I'm giving up something myself for my friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like, you see a lot in the others where it's kind of like, it's it's all for one, one for all. Where he was kind of more like, I'm on this road, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on you guys as we go. Like, there's no real point where he puts himself in front of. Like, he he never Captain America's up and jumps on the uh, the hand grenade kind of thing, you know. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's just his character, and that's why I say he's kind of one of the weaker characters, or one of those more of like he's kind of the asshole of the group. It, not to say that that's not a character, because uh, I mean, I would definitely, like I said, I see myself a little bit in him, because I could be, you know, I could be like that. I, I picked on my friends probably more than I should have, even though I, I thought it was out of love. It might have been a little bit out of, it's not always out of love kind of thing. And that's kind of what I got from him. So, but I mean, he played a great part and he did what he did. I, I think every, it was a great cast. They all fit fit the bill. Like I don't think there was anybody that was bad badly cast. That could even be the way to say it. But they gave them a lot of uh, a lot of character to play off of, and, and right, then, and then let let the kind of humanity of the each individual person uh, come through. So that so that that's when you got kind of a an ensemble cast that just played off each other really nicely, you know? So one of the other cool, cool notes I heard about this was, is, uh, the final scene where they're, they're coming out on the beach and, and the families are all come running up. Uh, a lot of those were actual parents of the actors. Um, okay, so like, nice. I think, I think both, both of the girls, I think those, the parents were their parents. Um, Corey Feldman's might've been his parents. Uh, Data, I believe it was his mom, but his I, dad was an actor. I heard he was, you know, he could take the role as long as he didn't curse in the movie. Yeah, and so, so he had to spell it. He spelled out S H I T. Yeah, for one. Yeah, um, Chunk, I think it was his mom, but his dad was was like, uh, like uh, a 
crewmen or cast members. Like, so it was just a, a, an odd set of, like, not all of them, but some, a lot of them were, were parents. And I thought that's, that's such a cool touch to it. Yeah. You know, nice. it's, it's it kind of gives them. Uh, also, the cop at the end was actually played by um, uh, Richard. Um, Richard Donner. Donner, right. The one that shows up on the, on the dune buggy. Yeah, I recognize yeah. him. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I, you know, it is. It's a great movie. Uh, if you loved it as as, if you were an '80s kid, or enjoyed it in that time frame, you're gonna. You're, I think you're still gonna like it. If you've never seen it, and you're probably younger than forty, you might not like it as much. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, so it's it is what it is. I. I Although I have heard of in, in different people in pocket in the podcast were talking about that they were showing it to their kids in the ages between say one person said there was six and they didn't get it as well. But one was like nine and got it and really enjoyed it. Um, a couple of others were in that 10 to 12 range, which is, I think, the right range is that nine to 12. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, I wish my daughters would. But like I said, they <laughs> they didn't get into it as much as I was hoping. But then again, well, uh they have different ideas of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, this podcast was inspired by Richard Donner, who passed away a couple of days ago. And, yes. you know, I think he was white 90, 90 or 91. 91. So, so well, well, you know, well earned. Uh, uh, he, he, he was with us for a long time. So, uh, right. Um, but if you look at some of the movies he's done, he's got a lot of really good, you know, we talked a little bit, what the Omen, I guess in the seventies was, one, oh, yeah, right. was one of his first ones. But, uh, but even, I think his last movie I see is 2006, 16 blocks, which is, uh, you know, one of Bruce Willis's last movies that was pretty good. Um, uh, which <laughs> is that, is that a cut on Bruce Willis? Yeah. He makes some pretty crap movies. He like, he goes the way of, of Nick Cage with, movie, uh, you know, and, and I think, I think people would put Nick Cage above him, uh, with some of his oh. movie choices lately. Uh, but, uh, that's got most death. Uh, yeah, it's a really, it's a, it's an interesting, uh, movie about, you know, him trying to get some you know, Bruce Willis, I think plays a, a cop cop. Yeah, cop. The, of course, um, that's uh, <laughs> he's not typecast, and he's trying to get some somebody like that's. Uh, I, Doesn't he have to? Yeah, he's to get across sixteen blocks to because something like happens or something like that. He's trying yeah. to get the witness over there, and they're trying to kill him. Um, well, but, isn't it is also like bad cops and are showing up and uh, yeah. I remember Mostef plays. Like, he's got a really interesting way of of speaking that really brings that character to life and, and it's interesting. It makes the movie, uh, it elevates the movie just the way he, he, his performances. So I guess it, they got him listed to Richard as Donner, even, even in at, Jasmine at Bay is 75 making, making good movies. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, no, I 75. You're too old to make movies, right? No, no. <laughs> I mean, if you can, you can. I mean, here's the thing. All you really do is you're sitting there telling people what to do. It, you're not physically having to do a lot. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, you're not like 75 going as a director, going, as a director, you're just I, telling people what to, I mean, it's aren't seems, you? some of the beat. Aren't you the, like you shoot that you act this and and this is how I see it. <laughs> I looking at some of the behind the scenes of Goonies though, and Richard Donner, how he was interacting with some of the characters. He was really trying to inspire performances. It wasn't like, yeah, you know, he was kind of, but you're not up. It's not like you're jumping in the cage at 75. You're not, you're not oh, throwing you're out there and doing an MMA. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not saying you're not you're not working, but you're not physically. It's more of a mental challenge. You're you're mentally trying to show tell other people how you see it and get the and get them to see it the way you see it. Not you're physically having to move cameras and equipment around to make it happen. You're you're telling people how to do their job to make your vision come true. All right. So I still have a career ahead of me. You do. You you can. <laughs> we, I I will star as your sloth. One hundred percent. Nice. I think that's about all I can probably do. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You, I don't know. You might have something for me someday. But yeah. Uh, no, I, I. I don't have a problem with directors. I don't think it's a an easy job. I think it's it's. But I don't think it's a physical job, in in, where some other jobs were, where you can do it later in life and and not have to worry like. I, I think about that because I, I do kind of not a physical, physical job, but it is kind of physical. I'm like, fuck, am I going to be able to do this when I'm 70? I like I like that different directors have different ways of doing things. There's not like a script. Yeah. Well, there is a script for directors. To go <laughs> there's, not a, there's not a there's not a there form. literally is a script. Yeah, there's not a formula that makes a great director. I think I think you look at a great director, uh, you know, over here and then you look at another great director over there and they do them completely different. But it's it's what you end up on with on the screen that that uh, uh, really makes a difference. And in this, Richard Donner brought these kids to life with a script that I thought was a little cheesy. You know, sets that I thought were a little yeah. campy, but uh, it it resonated because of how he got them to to work to 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 interact. And that's that's what to me makes the movie, if anything, a cult now uh, because of that. Yeah, no, you you're hundred percent right that he he definitely and they talked about that for sure that he he was able to get a lot out of these kids and sure enough it's a hundred percent their kids so it's not like they had a lot to work you know he's coming in with some raw talent I mean this was <laughs> yeah. uh, this was Josh Brolin's first movie oh was it um, yeah and Sean Austin it was his second or third. So I mean these these were raw kids and and he got some great stuff out of them. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to bring up that I thought was just really cool was that uh, the film was selected for the National Film Registry in 2017 for being culturally, historically, and ex. ex oh, I, what is that? Aesthetic? Oh God. Aesthetically. Significant. That's it. <laughs> Significant. Okay. I'm like, uh, it's not that I can't read. I just can't pronounce. <laughs> So uh, I just thought that was cool um, that 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 this movie got that kind of recognition because there's a lot of people that are our age and, and a few years older and a few years younger that definitely really resonate with this movie and even even people as as young as thirty are are still you know like this movie a lot like I said I I didn't hear a lot of people below thirty in podcast talking about it but. Um, I'm sure there's people out there. I mean, you talked about your daughter uh, took your copy, so I hope that was uh, on purpose and not an accident. Yeah. Um, so awesome. Yeah, I don't know what else more to say about this other than it's a great movie. Um, I mean, we didn't even get into much about. We didn't talk. There's so much to talk about, really, that we could have, you know, scene by scene and everything. Like that uh, we didn't even jump onto the one-eyed Willie jokes that could have been out there. Uh, <laughs> Which, you know, I it's funny, like, there's so many things that, you know, that they could have done with that. And it's like, they totally did it. They just left it there. 
It's like, oh, when I will eat, but we're not going to touch it. <laughs> you can touch it. I'm not going to touch it. Um, you would touch it, wouldn't you? <laughs> hell yeah. Slap it around. I, there was, oh God, what was, uh, there's people talking about how like One-Eyed Willie as a pirate, like his last job was to just, you know, make all these traps and kill all these other pirates. And he's like, you know, what, did he have like a, a significant other there that, you know, like his, his best buddy? You know, and, and they were messing around and coming up with names. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, he had his, like, his best friend, like, three or uh, nine-toed Joe, you know, was there <laughs> helping him put together stuff. And there was, like, you know, six-finger Jack. And <laughs> nice. it was just, they were going on and on. I was like, that's so funny. I I thought it was great. I, um, I, I definitely love this movie. I, I wish there was more movies like this out there. Just fun adventure where... You can put away your brain a little bit. You can put away uh, the rest of the world a little bit and just sit back and enjoy it and, and be enthused to or and be inspired to adventure, yeah. you know, to, to whatever way it takes you. Um, yeah, that's kind of about it. That's about how I seize it. Sounds good. <laughs> Good. All right. Uh, so I believe if you join us next week, we will be covering... Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, like we had talked about doing before, uh, with a small possibility of either adding or replacing with uh, a, a fresh Widow. take on Black Widow. Right. Um, I'm almost thinking that we're going to do the, the Falcon Winter Soldier and then hold Black Widow for a week just to give more people a chance to see it um, before we talk about it. Because um, we're going to do spoilers. We cannot not do spoilers. Um and we're like not I mentioned do our... in last week's MCU, Black Widow actually is supposed to take place right after Civil uh, Civil War, so it would be, yeah, it, it, you know, it fits right into the timeline. So it also feeds it also feeds into uh, apparently Falcon and Winter Soldier. It was the idea too. Oh really? So okay. we'll have to see. We'll have to see. We'll we'll have a week to uh, in between, or we'll have a couple of days in between, so we'll we'll be able to make that call. But yeah, thank you for joining us. I I hope you enjoy uh, what we have to say. Uh, like I said, it's only our opinions, how we see it. Um, if you can, uh, on your podcast uh, uh, app of uh, choice, please rate, review, and subscribe. Let your friends know. Hopefully, they'll enjoy what we have to say, too. Uh, you can always reach out to us at our email, which is the.hwsi.podcast at gmail.com, or find us on uh, Facebook or Instagram under hwsi.podcast. And and visit your local liquor store and get inspired <laughs> by what we've we've shared with you as far as sure. our, our drink pairings, because uh, that that's that's a, a lot of the fun of, of doing these on a weekly basis. It is. I, I would suggest people should should look at movies and definitely come up with uh, themed drinks for everything they plan on watching. <laughs> it, it, it it's fun because it's one of those things. That it it challenges your mind, which which helps exercise it. So you're thinking more, making yourself healthy, and then you get to uh, destroy all that with a uh, tasty beverage. You get to imbibe, and yes, and this time we added, <laughs> added some uh, some uh, food pairings as well with the the baby root the fettuccine and the, and the fettuccine Alfredo <laughs> to go along with it. So. Uh, I would have traded you. I would have much rather had that fettuccine than a, than a baby Ruth. Uh, but yeah, um, I love fettuccine Alfredo. That's one of my favorites. And, and my wife is not into pasta, so I don't get it as oh, much. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, she's just not a pasta person. So, uh, But yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, hope you enjoyed this. Uh, let your friends know. And we will see you next time. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night.